0: hey everyone this is episode number 120 of the classic gaming podcast today's date is january 22nd 2019 i'm robert ring and with me is mr joseph tataro joseph yeah
1: joseph you think my name is joseph
0: No, i'm just gonna start using a different j name every single time from now can on. Can
1: call me jacques next
0: uh yeah i'll write that down in my notes jacques tataro nice. it's got a nice, nice actually it's got a nice ring to it i do what i can uh what you been up to um
1: let's see
0: uh (laughs) all that
1: um somebody uh somebody released a community uh diablo 2 server Mm-hmm. They did like a bunch of quality of life adjustments and they adjusted some of the maps and talents and stuff like that. And it's actually pretty damn popular. I'm not playing at the moment, but I've been playing uh, off and on for like the last couple of days. Oh, really? It's super fun. It's super fun. If you like Diablo 2, it's called Path of Diablo. Definitely check it out. Like they did a, It's it's apparently been in works for a little while and they did a really good job. It's well, super fun so
0: far. I don't like Diablo 2. So what then? You don't like Diablo 2? Wow. That's very surprising, actually. Yeah. I just don't really care for it
1: wow uh if what then uh you could play a diablo 3 season the new season just came out for diablo 3 nah. um yeah i got nothing else I'm sorry. How about
0: can i play just can i just play crusader kings instead
1: uh you can but nobody cares <laughs> just kidding oh i'm just kidding robert don't cry off.
0: now me. i'm gonna play it just because you said that and then I'm gonna, next time on the podcast i'm gonna tell you about all the awesome things that happened when i played it i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna go uh-huh Uh huh, and I'm gonna mute my mic and then go away. Never
0: coming back. When I was a little, one of my friends, whenever I was at, really, it didn't matter whose house we were at, because like a lot of times his mom would just leave us and like go, you know, like she would like go play tennis or something while we were at the house playing video games or whatever. But whenever she called him to talk to him, he would we'd be playing a video game and he would literally do that. He'd grab the phone and like answer it and talk to her for a second and then put it down, (laughs) and then like every (laughs) ten seconds pick it up and go uh huh uh huh and then set it back down.
1: A kid's uh kid's got a bright career in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> I was
0: I was very surprised when it actually worked all the time. My
1: friend would like answer the phone and walk away without pausing. And like, what the fuck?
0: Like, just like drop his controller. We're playing, like,
1: fan- yeah, we're like, playing like Fantasy Star where it's like really important. He would <laughs> just get a phone call and just walk away. I'm like, dude, just pause. Like what?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not how. That's not that does not work out very well.
1: He's not a real gamer.
0: You know? <laughs> Yeah, and a real gamer wouldn't even answer the phone in the first place.
1: Even if it was an emergency. Yeah, right? Priorities.
0: Uh, I don't have any news, actually, this episode. It doesn't... Like, nothing happened, uh, classic gaming-wise. We will be... Um, nothing
1: that we know of. I wouldn't say that. Nothing that <laughs> nothing we know Nothing that of. caught our attention.
0: Yeah, we will be uh, tallying the votes for Game of the Quarter next... Uh, well, not so. Later this episode, almost the next episode. No, at the end of this episode, in the email section, we will begin tallying the votes... I did check to see, and we have more than one email this time, so we'll uh, actually have somewhat of an interesting uh, vote process potentially. So just be no on Russian the lookout for No Russian interference, huh?
1: No Russian interference.
0: Correct. Okay, yeah, good. Um, so I guess if you're good to go, you want to get you want to get going on uh, talk about those video games. Sure. I think it would
1: probably be a good idea if you go first, because I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of you, okay. and then go into other topics.
0: So there's one that you and I sort of, like, impromptu did our own game of the quarter yeah. sort of thing. Uh, you want to start with that one, or, or finish off with yeah, that yeah.
1: one? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say start with that one, because I played another game as well, so... Okay,
0: alright, so you and I have been playing Gran Turismo 3.
1: Yeah, this, A-Spec, for PS2.
0: Yeah, yeah, A-Spec for PS2, um... This was uh, one of my New Year's resolution games, and you're like, "Oh, we should both play that." And then so uh, I got it in. I was like, "Hey, I got it. You want to play?" <laughs> and so you and I have been playing a whole bunch of that actually over the past couple of weeks. Um, I had you. Obviously, you've played this quite a bit before. Yeah, uh, even had, for the podcast. Huh?
1: Even for the podcast. Oh, did sure.
0: you? Oh, that, I think you did too. For yeah, sure. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never played it before, and um. So this is my first foray into any Gran Turismo game. And this is one of those games very similar to uh, Tony Hawk 2 for me. I think it was 2. Whichever was the first big one. Which, in in that, when it came out, it was big and popular. But I didn't really understand what the appeal was. I was like, oh, so you just like ride skateboards and do tricks? Like, oh, okay, that sounds fine, whatever. Same thing with Gran Turismo 3. I was kind of like... Oh yeah, okay. You drive cars and it's you know kind of simple. You do
1: tricks with cars.
0: You do tricks with cars. <laughs> you grind on on rails with cars. And, <laughs> that uh, sounds really interesting, <laughs> I actually. Kind of say that, dude. Uh and no, but it's like a car si- racing simulator, very like real, like true to life physics and all that. I was like, yeah, that sounds kinda neat, but you know, no it doesn't sound special. Uh, also like Tony Hawk, once I actually did play it for myself, I really loved it. Uh Caveat <laughs> the game is super. No, no, no. No caveat. The game is super oh. fun. That, that's all there <laughs> is to it. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts. It feels it, it's, it's really fun. I, I think because for a number of reasons, but so obviously, as I said, this is a, and as you probably know, most people listening, it's a racing simulator. So very true to life physics and all that. Um, For people like me, that might catch you off guard at first, but once you kind of, Especially once you go through really just even just like the first set of, uh, well, I guess they're not technically tutor- tutorials, but they're basically tutorials when you're getting your beginner license. Mm-hmm. It's um, like six or seven little like things that you have to do, not even races, but uh, tasks essentially where you have to like go around these curves just right and finish in like this, you know, precise amount of time. Which is like, which basically means like you all don't have to do it quite perfect, but almost perfect. And then here's one where you have to stop in a, this exact right spot in this certain amount of time and all this kind of stuff. Once you just do the the first of these to get your beginner's license, you have to do any of these before you can even begin doing any of the actual races. Uh, just doing those kind of teaches you, okay, this is what the game feels like. This is what it's like to, you know, race cars a in, in a, yeah yeah in a simulator fashion. And then you're, you know, more or less good to go. Uh, and even that alone, just, um, not even necessarily, I mean, obviously when you're racing against the other cars and doing this, it's, it's how many cars per race, five or no, it's six cars per race. I think it's
1: eight actually. I could be wrong.
0: I think it's six.
1: I think it might be six. I don't know. I've never been in last. Sorry.
0: I'm <laughs> <it first. laughs> but, uh, part of the fun is just the way you're challenged to perfect every course. That making sure you are breaking no earlier than you need to and certainly no later than you need to or else you're going to slam into a wall. Uh, letting off the gas at the exact right time. Making the turns just exactly right. This isn't a game where you can just like bounce off the wall and you're good to go. You know, you can come back in a second. If you hit a wall on this one, it really drastically hurts. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, part, so like I said, part of the fun is just kind of perfecting all the turns on on, on any given course. Um, And then, of course, the other kind of big part of the game is upgrading your cars and buying new cars as you progress through the game. So every time you do a race, you you win a certain amount of money based on how based on where you placed in the race. And then uh, you can use that money to either, as I said, upgrade your car or you can save it up to buy an entirely new car. And the cars in the game are real cars. There is, you know, again, this is a basically a real life racing sim. You're not buying like F zero cars or like you know d- destruction derby cars or something like that. You're buying Toyotas and Hondas and Audis and Dodges and stuff like that. So uh, you start off with a certain amount of money, just enough to b- pick between like a few of the like very low level cars. You recommended that I get g- go with the Mazda Miata, which I yep. did, and I well, think I that was a that's a really solid choice. You know, based on what you uh, what you start off with from there. <clears throat> I did some races and I didn't ever upgrade that one at all.
1: Oh, really? I upgraded the shit out of that
0: thing. Yeah. I just held on to it until I had enough for a new car just because I didn't, it just wasn't a super fun car for me to drive. And I was more thinking about, oh, I really want this. And so the next one I got after that was a Camaro. And even just aside from the fact of uh, just like, you know, Obviously when you buy a Camaro that's going to be faster. Even aside from that, a lot of the fun for me was seeing was was buying a new car and then seeing how the new car feels. Oh yeah. Isn't that like so cool like how it, like each car isn't just more powerful or just turns better. It's like all of them have an entirely different feel. That's, that's distinct yeah. from one another. Um it's true. and sometimes it is the speed like particularly when you're upgrading your car you might do something that adds a shitload of horsepower to it. And even that alone does feel really cool. It's like, oh, wow, I can like feel, you know, that it has a lot more acceleration or maybe not even acceleration, but, oh, once when, when I'm on a straightaway, I can tell that it has a much better top speed and all that. Um, and then even like doing things like buying tires, you can feel the difference on the tires. The tires will allow you to kind of grip the road better. So it helps acceleration, helps braking. Uh, and it helps, uh, and obviously, turning. So stuff like that, you're like, oh, these turns feel so much better now that I got better tires. Or like, you know, I got a new fucking drive shaft, and now my top speed feels better, and all this kind of stuff. Um, That was, even aside from just knowing, okay, this is probably going to help me do better in the races, it was really fun to me just to see how different upgrades made the car feel. Because they really are true-to-life feeling upgrades. It's like, you're going to get this one and it's going to make you you're, you're like, here's a, here's an upgrade where you get a lighter body for your car. And, uh, that you, you, again, it just has an overall different feel of the whole car. It's not just one thing. It doesn't just have a better top speed or just better acceleration. It's kind of a holistic, like, oh, this affects everything a little bit. Or even if it's just the brakes, you're like, oh wow, the braking feels so much better now. I can, I can I can, you know, go a little bit faster for a little bit longer amount of time now and I have to worry quite as much about slamming into a wall so I can keep like a top, you know, I can keep my top speed a little bit longer. Uh, All of that was just really fun to me. Um, Some of the, so on, as you're going through the races, there are different like series and starting off each series has three races. And if you get gold in all of them, then it will, you get obviously the money for winning those races. But if you get gold in all of the races of a series, it'll get it'll reward you with a new car as well. A lot free. of the times, huh? Free I should say free money. Free free money, yeah. A lot of the times you will sell those cars. But it also incentivizes you pretty well to uh to have to, to own multiple cars at once because a lot of the series you have to ha- like have a specific type of car to enter that series. Like there's a bug series and there's an audi series and there's a honda series and all this kind of stuff so you're not always so so it doesn't like i said it's just a good job of a good way to incentivize you not to only just focus on having one car and you know souping it up as much as you possibly can you want to try different cars out and even for me besides just saying like oh i have to have something to enter this series it's like oh well i really like this car this is the one that i've been like upgrading and it's and it's really good but I would also just like to own an you know an Audi for instance because I think Audis are cool so I think I would like to have one of those just just to have one just to feel the way it feels and all that so that's part of it as well um it also does a good job of I think of incentivizing you not to just grind one race over and over again even though I know both you and I did that on particular races (laughs) that, that, that that do pay out really well and that you can pretty reliably come in first place a lot on. Um, yeah, but at the same time when you do that, you're also missing out on like progressing through the through the rest of the game, you're missing out on other series that you might be doing fine at and then, you know, getting another car awarded to you. So even, you know, there will always be that aspect of okay, I need to grind this race a few times get some money, upgrade my car or buy a new one. But at the same time, you you always have incentive to kind of go outside of your comfort zone. Do new races, do do more difficult races, and try to uh, try to beat those as well. What are your thoughts before I go on anymore?
1: Um, I just want to add a little bit of layer to it. So, so what he's kind of referencing in terms of like the strategy of the game. Um, you can essentially grind your way through the game if you really wanted to. You could just keep doing the same brain dead uh, races over and over and over. Uh, accumulate enough, accumulate enough money to get like the best car. To win that race, a kind of race, excuse me. Uh, kind of what we talk about is, is specifically so. There's different races that have different requirements, and only those types of cars can participate in those races. And so, in a lot of cases, the the, the objective is you want to go into those specific types with a cheap car. a little bit of money into it and then get golds on all of them and then in a lot of cases they will give you the higher level car for winning it so if you were to just straight out buy the good car just to win the race well you're pretty much just kind of screwing yourself because essentially you're just going to win that car anyways so there's also that incentivization which obviously you can sell the the rewarded car but there's some really fun things about the game that if you really dedicate yourself to specific tasks in it it can push you ahead pretty far licenses in particular so as you're as you go through the game you can get all the licenses right at the beginning you don't have to do a single race you could literally just go from license to license to license some of the later licensing are very difficult and if you are able to get golds because you get ranked based on your performance and you only need bronze to get your actual um, license but there are certain ones that if you get golds on all of them you'll get like some of the best cars in the game some of the some of the more some of the more powerful cars in the game come from actually getting Uh, your license or straight out buying them in a lot of cases so if you actually like look at the game that's why robert robert referenced the the miata is the miata is a very powerful car that can apply to a bunch of different types of races so that's why it's it's a pretty pretty good uh beginner's car there's another strategy where you get like a beetle you get like a really cheap beetle drop like 20 or 30 grand into it and then you beat the beetle cup and the fast beetle that you win from it the faster bug uh is actually a pretty damn powerful car that can defeat most of the early on races so there's some really fun strategy elements that go into it as well because early on you only have about like 22 grand i think so your selection of cars is very limited but of the of the choices there's a couple of them that can you know kind of give you a leg up if you will throughout the rest of the game like set you up for for a a good uh playthrough
0: yeah um i think uh another thing is when you get a super powerful car it um obviously that allows you to do better in some of the more difficult races, but it also does make the game a little bit harder in some ways because now you have a car that goes super fast and you're not used to trying to navigate turns and stuff with a car like this powerful. So you have to get used to, you know, essentially just like braking better with those kind of cars and preparing for turns better and all that, you know, making sure you're coming at them at the right angle, just the exact right speed uh, and stuff like that. That's kind of where I got really screwed a whole lot because I would get a super powerful car or, you know, I'd, I would upgrade my car. The, the the highest, the best car that I ended up getting so far was a Dodge Viper. And oh, I really up, good. yeah, it's really good. And I upgraded it quite a bit and uh, it was really fast and I had a better top speed than most of the other cars that I would race against. But I was, but I'm still not that great about uh, taking turns. So <laughs> I either like, I can't seem to get it quite right. I either break way too early or way too late and slam into the wall. So that's just, you know, another aspect of the game that you always have to kind of, that you really kind of have to constantly be reassessing your, your own like skill at for lack of better words, because it's, it it, it gets harder as you progress through the game because your cars get better. But you know, that that makes it harder to take the turns. So, so
1: what's what's interesting about that is you get in the later stage of the game too, some of the parts you will buy will give you customization on the vehicles. So you can do a lot of different things to your cars. You can adjust the the shocks on each end of the vehicle so you can make your turns a little bit softer you can make your brakes stronger or weaker um uh, depending on which uh, corner you want to do it to there's a ton of settings i didn't show you because it kind of gets into like the later more more complicated parts of the game but you can you can you can change the gears so that your your gears are more narrow if it's like a turn or excuse me if it's a race course which just a lot of turns and not a lot of straightaways you can reduce your gears down so it accelerates very quickly but it has a limited top speed or vice versa if you're doing like that giant oval map that you know the laps are like two or three minutes at a time. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's some really in-depth strategy things, and that's why people, you know, call it a true simulator, is because there's some really, really crazy things you can do uh, in order to to give yourself an advantage. And in all seriousness, like buying the best car in the game is really powerful, and it's going to win you most races. But to win, to win some of the end game in that, I can almost guarantee you that that you're going to have to get pretty pretty with it uh, in terms of modifying or uh, changing the settings on the vehicle.
0: Yeah. Um... And
1: now I want to play again. <laughs>
0: Uh, only two more I, I just have two more things to say about it. Um, so awesome game. It is pretty easy well, somewhat oh, easy oh, to oh. to abuse the uh, lack of crashing physics when it comes to oh, co- yeah. colliding with other cars. as I said, when you if you run into a wall or something that really screws you up because um, it just slows you down so badly. Basically if you hit a wall then you're gonna get passed by everybody. Oh um, yeah, but when you hit other cars, there's no you know like like most games with uh, with licensed cars, they don't show any like you don't get dented or anything like that. You almost just bounce off of other cars. So uh, if you're going around a corner, if you're on the inside and there's another car on the outside, that is always beneficial because you essentially like can take it faster than usual because if you hit that other car, it doesn't slow you down nearly as as much if at all as yeah. opposed to bumping into the it's wall. A
1: strategy, to be honest to the Yeah, yeah, it's,
0: yeah. It's just, it is. It helps a whole lot because it'll keep you from bouncing into the wall and it even helps you take the turn a little bit sharper and it doesn't even really slow you down at all. So, uh, and also if you can like, if there's a car right next to you and and say they're close to the, uh, to, if they're close to a wall, then you can kind of slowly just veer into it. And then like, it gets to a point oh, yeah. where all of a sudden, like their MPH essentially just goes to zero and you just, you just fly past them because you, cause you made them like eventually run into the wall. Uh, there's that, which is kind of funny. And also, uh, something that you pointed out to me, which I, which anybody would notice pretty early on is the music is really good. Yeah, it's fun. It's got a pretty wide variety of music, but it's got like real music. Like for instance, Jimi Hendrix was super fun to hear on there. Uh, it's got Jimi Hendrix, it's got Lenny Kravitz. It's got, uh, I don't even really remember what else. Those were just kind of the two that, that stood out to me, but, um, it's not all amazing, but overall it's, it's, it is really, really good. And even the ones that aren't
1: bad they're not like obnoxious so they can just kind of blend with the with the background
0: which yeah is yeah, nice. yeah yeah
1: um two complaints about the game two two not not major complaints but um one thing is the changing oil like you have to change the oil on your vehicles every so often because mm-hmm. it, it like reduces your horsepower i found that kind to be kind of an annoying mechanic and especially early on when you're really strapped for money it was really frustrating to have to drop 250 dollars, which isn't a lot because you know the cars cost you know thousands tens of thousands of dollars but in early on it was like shit i need to do another race to change my oil like it was like i'm I'm literally that tight on money right now that i need to do it that (laughs) kind of irritated me and then when you want to um so the game is very proud of the fact that you can watch replays so when you're trying to restart a race, you have to go through all these different menus really quickly, and and it's very frustrating. And when you're entering a race, when you enter a race, you you hit click on the race, then you click or excuse me, you click on the series, then you click on the race you want to do, and then it says preview, which is just them showing you the track or oh right, the race. and so every time you enter a race, you have to you have to go to the right, and if you forget, then it has to load the entire fucking demo, and then you have to hit exit on that, and then it exits, but you're still in the map, and then you have to exit the map. It's like yeah. oh. My God. Just let me fucking race. Like, I just
0: want to play the game. Yeah, um, that's a good that point. Me. Like, also, like, if you just want to restart a race, like, say you screw up and you're like, oh, there's no yeah. chance in hell I'm going to do good. You have to, you can't just, like, restart the race. You have to end the race, then tell it that you don't want to watch the replay, then exit out of, like.
1: Watch the replay if you're getting peppered.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then exit out of, like, finish exiting out of, like, I, I don't know, there's probably some other menu in between. Then uh, there's like one more thing that you still have to back out of. I don't even remember what. And then just like choose it all over again. Start from the beginning from where you said like go to the series. Yeah, go that to the really
1: irritated me. Yeah. It really grinds my gears. It
0: really grinds my gears. <laughs> but, there, but there are the loading times are very, very short. And sometimes I there's will, not even any loading times. Huh?
1: I will, I will give them that. The load time is very short, which I was really impressed.
0: Yeah. So Grand Turismo 3 uh, lived up to the hype for me. I played
1: it. Yeah, I was gonna say, all in all, still a ridiculously fun game. I've played through this game. I've probably spent <laughs> yeah, a couple hundred hours playing this game throughout my life, and it's such a good game.
0: Yep. It's awesome. Alright. Do yeah, okay. you have any other games? Yeah, I've got two more. Perfect. Um all of my games were pretty were were pretty significant. I didn't have any like super small games this time. Oh, cool. So my next okay. one, uh we're gonna go with Heroes of Might and Magic 2
1: oh i think i say three
0: <laughs> i finally uh,
1: is it the rpg or the rts
0: this is the R. uh well uh, turn based yeah want, yeah yeah. whatever the hell you want to call it yeah this is turn based um this is uh so i've been meaning to play one of these for a long time because you keep telling me how good they are
1: you didn't play three the best
0: one i haven't played three and that went out you just answered i was but i was going to ask you i couldn't remember which one it was that you liked so much
1: three. three is the best one okay people argue too sometimes but i think three is the best
0: one okay uh to me, uh, two was good but not amazing. Um, so it's a turn-based strategy game, and of course, as you can probably tell from the title, especially if you're familiar at all with this year with Heroes of Might and Magic, and or with with the Might and Magic series in general, it's a fantasy setting. And basically, you are you're either doing a, the campaign or like a skirmish mode. It's basically you trying to kill off the other, you know. The other teams more or less the other races or the other whatever it is that you're playing against
1: i love hearing people describe this game by the way because it's such a unique monster it's like well how do i describe this
0: (laughs) yeah so you um you have a base and but you don't build out your you, you do like upgrade your it's like a castle usually that you have you do upgrade the castle but when you do that that's on a whole separate screen and it's not like you building new buildings on the map like it is with most strategy games so you have a castle and you might add on, like, I played the, um, well, I don't remember if the races had specific names, but the, they do. Okay. I like, they were necromancers basically. Right. Is that what they're called? Like the undead
1: place? The undead yeah. Place? Uh, yeah. Ne- I think it's called necropolis or
0: necropolis. Okay. Okay. Necropolis. So like, for instance, you can build a graveyard and that allows you to recruit skeletons, uh as it's like tier one unit yeah it's tier one unit or you can have a pyramid and that lets you get mummies and then there's something else that lets you get um what's the other main thing uh
1: what them? you can get, you can uh, get zombies. zombies you can get zombies yeah, yeah. i haven't played too much of the second one so i don't remember all the creatures can
0: you, you get liches yes you can get liches with them those are liches super are powerful so
1: powerful yep. yeah
0: um and then so so you you can build you can build one building per turn but of course it costs money to get money you uh you have to like capture certain points on the map uh that's same for um any any resource any resource typically you either find like a big like cache of it somewhere or you capture like a mine to get gold every now and then or you know a lumberyard to get to get wood and stuff like that um and so you are doing you're 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 trying to capture these points on the map there are also neutral mobs all over the place and the mobs are how you sometimes it's how you kind of get to a later place in the map because eventually you get to where you can't get anywhere else until you fight somebody and get through them they're also how a lot of them are guarding some of these key points that you that you want to take and it's also how you get experience for your heroes you have hero characters and then like every Essentially, army you have is led by one hero character, and then it has a lot of these other units like the skeletons and zombies and whatever it is that that, that your race has. And so, you're going around the map, do a neutral mo- kill a neutral mobs and stuff, and also just kind of sometimes you're just visiting random like little huts and stuff. And it's like, oh, I found uh, you know a thousand gold here. And a lot of times it'll say, uh, you found you know a thousand gold. Do you want to take the gold or do you want to um, give it to your units instead, and that'll give you experience instead of you getting the money. I almost always took the experience points. Is that what you do, or how? Do, how do, uh, how do you-
1: it depends on what I'm doing. So there's certain strategies that involve going for gold early on. It really depends on how I'm doing. If I need macro, if I need economy, then you know obviously I'll go for the money. But early on, having experience can give you such an advantage over your opponent. There are certain because as you level your hero, you get different abilities, and certain abilities are like oh so good. So, and, and at a certain point you don't really need money. Like you're not, you don't need money, but you need experience or so okay. than money. So for a beginner, I think it's a good idea.
0: Okay. So yeah, that's what I normally do is got experience. So whenever you level up, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. It'll like basically say like, here's two random things that you can upgrade. Like you can get better. You can get pathfinding or like necromancy for instance um or sometimes you might already have the others and you can just like oh you can get advanced pathfinding or advanced necromancy and it's it's always basically random isn't it the the, the options um, that you get to upgrade
1: i don't know i think there is some coding to it i don't know for sure okay but i don't know i could be wrong but i thought there was something in place to like give you decent options so it's not like diplomacy and you know sea whatever the hell sea uh, sea stuff is called so you can move faster in the ocean um okay. like i don't think you can get those two together i could be wrong but that could only be in the third one. Okay. God, that'd be so annoying if you had like two dog shit ones early on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but uh so so you're doing that. And that's essentially the game. You're you're doing these things to try to try to, you know, upgrade your castle to get better uh, units, to get better spells as well because you can get spells that your hero can cast them during battle. Your hero doesn't actually fight during battle. He can just cast spells. Uh, he also does give bonuses to his units, so like whatever your hero's, I don't know, like defense stat might be, he, that that adds on to your to all of your units' defense stats
1: yes and there's something that you should explain so so just to kind of re- recap what robert's saying so so essentially you have a base where you can build buildings that build units you have a hero that roams around the map that contains an army and within the army you have these different stacks of units and these units like you'll if you ever see the game you'll see a number of like you have 73 walking dead and six liches that means in that stack there are 73 zombies so when you attack it's their attack times 73. And so when, you're, when you get your hero stats, like if your hero is very high level and has a lot of attack, each one of those zombies gains that buff. So like a large stack, like 500 tier one units can do an obscene amount of damage because it's 500 times their damage. Well, sorry, 500 pl- uh, plus the hero's damage plus their base damage, you know, multiplied it together. And it's just like, holy shit. Like a, a mod that does one to three damage with 500 of them and your hero stats can do an obscene amount of damage. So,
0: yeah. um. For me, there. what So, all of this is good and fine. Um, <laughs> there, there are a couple problems though. One is that it's extremely crippling if you lose even just one battle.
1: Oh yeah, because you lose a hero. Because yeah, you
0: lose. Bad. Well, not even that, but you lose all of your units. Yep. And you. A lot of the time, like normally, what I would do is I would have two heroes, and but only one of them would have an army. One of them would have an <laughs> army. And the other one would go around and, like, pick up gold around the map.
1: Yep. That's really smart, in all seriousness. I'm okay, impressed. so I
0: didn't know if that was common or not.
1: Uh, in, in like, uh, professional play, they had, like, 15 heroes and stuff. Oh, sure. really?
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, but if you lose one battle, then you lose all of the, you know, typically it's going to be the hero with with an army. Otherwise, you're not going to get into a battle with the other one. If you lose a battle, that basically wipes your entire army, and you essentially have to start back from, like, from like point 0.0. Um, you,
1: you, if you lose your main hero at of you, you essentially will lose the game. If it's, if it's like in the mid or late stages of the game, if you lose your, your powerful hero, your high level hero.
0: Yeah. You just need to like reload a save basically if that happens. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And also what makes that even worse is. um, So I mentioned, you know, building the buildings at your castle that, that allow you to get, you know, different kinds yeah. of units. Um, you also, uh, you know, of course, it only gives you a certain amount of them. You don't just have infinite units. You know, part of it. Each
1: week you get a supply. Yeah,
0: each week you get a supply, and, and and they do cost money on top of that. So you know, you're limited and by
1: bats in certain cases.
0: Uh huh. You're limited by how much money you have, and then how many of them are even just available. And yeah. you have so one one turn is one day, so it only replenishes them once every seven turns. So sometimes. I would just have to like sit around and wait a couple days because like I don't have a strong enough army to go fight basically any of the any of the mobs that on the map that I need to fight. I've done everything else that I can do. So I just have to like go back to my base, like click and turn three times in a row. And then uh, now there's units that I can buy. Now let's go, you know, re- hey, replenish my army. Yeah. Do you remember
1: in StarCraft II when you would over macro and have too many resources and not enough production facility in order to to build units faster, but at the same time you didn't have a large enough army to expand? Yes, <laughs> that exact same thing. I, I I've built pretty pretty solid strategies and heroes, and like I, I've been so frustrated where I have like so much money, but I just there's just nothing to build, and I'm not strong enough to clear any any additional units or any yeah. additional uh, neutral mobs. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It, it is a frustrating mechanic, but it's it's that kind of mechanic that you like begin to understand you're like okay well i'm glad it's there because it adds another le- uh, level of strategy to it i would say
0: yeah it does i just don't think it's implemented very well because sometimes there's just nothing to do besides sit around and wait um and also ranged units are very overpowered <laughs> because so so when you're in battle it goes to like a different screen it goes to you know you're not looking at the big map anymore it goes to like essentially it's zooming in on a smaller part of the map more or less and you're in this little field and it's a have, hex grid field yeah it's a yeah it's a uh it's a hex grid field and you have your guys on the left and the and the bad guys on the right and um a lot of the times it might take your guys at least two turns to reach the other side if the, if they have all ranged units like if, and for instance they don't need to come you know meet you halfway there sometimes you will uh you know, if it's melee versus melee, then obviously you're going to be coming at each other. It might take like one or two turns to, for, you know, for you to reach each other. If they have all ranged units and you don't, like I said, it might take your guys two or three turns. In between every turn, they're just getting railed on by the ranged units. And so you might lose an entire like stack of, of units just even trying to get over to them in the first place because they're not <laughs> because they're essentially as strong as melee units most of the time. No. Kind of. Kind There's of. a couple.
1: Of things. So I, I I should show you some stuff. So spells really come into play for stuff like that because you can haste your melee units and they sprint across the map and also ranged units get punished for shooting uh for fighting in melee range so they do nothing in melee range. so if you can get in their melee range they can no longer fire so you'll essentially like when i go into a combat like early on i'll have like a pile of uh, or three individual piles of skeletons and the fight will start and i'll haste one of them and run it up to their archer so that their archer can't shoot and then their archer has to melee down my skeletons to waste their first turn that's true so there's some pretty advanced stuff you can do that
0: that is true but you can only cast one spell per battle so you can only no
1: no per round
0: are you sure? I thought it was per battle.
1: Trust me, I played this game a jillion times. Yeah, it's, okay, it's right, per round. Okay, I
0: guess I missed that then. I thought it was per battle, so I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll haste this one group of skeletons, and then they'll get over there, and you know they'll kill a, a, an, an archer squad. But then there are still five more stacks of archers that I have to deal no. with."
1: Combat is very finicky and there's a lot of nuanced things that you learn over time that I can I'd be more than happy to share with you but it it is a little bit unfair because you have to learn those things in order to truly be successful in that game.
0: Okay. Well, um and, and on the other side, you know, you can get ranged units of your own, so that does help, especially as as we were just talking about the liches. They are ranged. Oh. Not only are they ranged units, they do a lot of damage and it does splash damage. Yeah. So uh if you um if you happen to get liches you're doing you're doing really well um it also seems like to me i, I could be wrong here but it seems like the whatever they're called the, the necromancer race necropolis is, uh yeah it seems like they are also overpowered in their own right because they um because every time you uh win a battle a certain percentage of the of the, of the mobs that you killed will come back as skeletons and then, then they fight for you.
1: They recycle.
0: Yeah. So you get some of those as skeletons and and skeletons are are good units too. They're not like weak units. They're, they're a good basic unit. So that was to me, a a very helpful considering you can only buy units every so often. And also to buy units, you have to go back. You have to go all the way back to your castle.
1: Yes. That is a very difficult part about that.
0: Yeah, so um the only way to get around that is is if you do defeat another team, then you basically take well then you, you take over their castle and so you get any of their uh you can then build not your own units, but you can build any of their units that you want. So that also helps. But overall it was really frustrating to me to have to wait so long and to have to travel back and forth to get to, to get new units and all that kind of stuff. So yep. Yeah, I didn't uh love the game. It was like i said it was i feel like it was good um definitely not to me definitely not great
1: it's a very it's a very complicated game and i I mean i've played since i was a kid so it's like i know it pretty damn well but Mm -hmm. i can imagine that game being quite hard to get into like if you've never played it before actually i but regarding the spell thing i actually don't know in the second one i I realized it after i said that i don't know if in the second one you can cast the spell each round i would assume so but i don't know for sure It'd be weird to have one spell per fight, but I don't know for sure. I thought it was
0: kind of weird too. I'm going to, um, I'll look it up in a few I'll try to remember to look it up a few minutes so we can find out, um, when you're talking about your okay. thing, but, um, uh, my last game. So I, I still, I'll say, I still am willing to give uh Heroes of Might and Magic 3 a shot. Um, but we'll see. This one I just didn't love. My last game, you know, this one as well, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Oh Yeah. <laughs> so, this is one that I've been really meaning to play for quite a while, because uh, I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, and then when you played the first one the other day, then you were talking you are talking about it, and it just kind of tipped me over the edge. It's like, oh, okay, fine, I'll fucking play it. It sounds really fun. So, uh, You're playing all my games. What's going on here? I know. <laughs> so, Roller Coaster Tycoon Two is, of course, a uh, theme park simulator. Uh, where are you are building your theme park and building roller coasters and designing roller coasters and setting prices for stuff um, it is a very fun game. It's uh, it's an, it's also extremely... Well, I would say very, very impressively detailed, especially for the time that it came out, which I haven't been noting the years for... Uh,
1: you did for the first game. Oh, wait, no, you didn't. I'm sorry. No, I, I don't
0: think I did. So this one came out... Winded Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 come out.
1: 97,
0: 96? Sounds about right. Um 90 Oh n- what? No, 2002. The second one? Yeah. Oh wow, there's a did the first one come out?
1: First a couple one, years earlier? First did one... it take a while?
0: First one came out in uh... I can't find it right now. Ah uh, don't worry about it. Um so uh yeah, that's that's a little bit later than I thought. But anyway, Same. regardless, impressive level of detail on this game. So there are one thing that I don't love is it's very it's one of these it's very based on um, having uh, like scenarios that you're trying to beat, kind of like theme hospital
1: objectives,
0: right? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of like theme hospital and games like that where it's not just Sim City style, like have fun, build it up. It's, it's like, do, do try to accomplish this. And most of the time it also starts you off with like a, you know, partially pre-built park. It's like, here's your park, make it better. Um, there is a way to essentially, well, what it, what you're doing is you're creating a custom scenario and you can basically make it an open scenario. That's what I did because when I play games like this, I don't like having anything. I, I like starting off with a completely blank slate I also like not having a particular goal that I'm working for. I just like doing it again, SimCity style, where it's just, here's your plot of land, now start building and see how cool you can make it. So with that in mind, it is a little frustrating. It is a little bit frustrating to get started if you uh if you want to go that route because you have to say, all right, I want to create a custom scenario. Alright, here is the uh here's your plot of land. Now now you have to tell it like how much of this land you own. So you have to select like Every individual square on the map until it, all right, I own all this land. I can build on any of these spots. Okay. Now you pick what, what rides are available. And that's not so bad because it gives you, um, it gives you like, you know, some customization, like what types of rides you might be able to build throughout your playthrough. But it just kind of takes a while because there are so many rides, which is good, but then it's also kind of annoying having to go through and pick all the ones that you want to have access to. Then you do that. It's like, all right, now what what kind of themes do you want available for like your your walkways and stuff? All right, now you pick those, uh, and then it's then you say like, okay, then now I want to have to, to where I start off with this amount of money, and here are my options. Here are some other options, and then there's like another round of options after that that I don't even remember what they are, but it takes quite a while to to get that started. But once you do it, then the game is super fun, and and especially if you don't care about that unlike me, then you can just do one of the scenarios and jump right into it. And it's still super fun. There are, as I said, there are tons of different rides that you can choose to have available to build. Um, just to give you an an idea, when you're going through the checklist, if you're doing it like me, where you have a custom scenario and you're choosing the ones that you want to, you know, have access to, you can choose a max of 128 of the rides that are available. And that's not even half of them. So that just to give you an idea, um, so you're building tons of different rides, also food stands and drink stands and and souvenir stands and hat stands and T-shirt stands and all this kind of stuff to to you know make as much money as you can. You also have to uh, hire workers. You have to hire um, ma- uh, maintenance guys to fix rides when they break down. You also have to hire uh, they're called handy handy men just to like clean up the park. Then you also have to hire security to make sure nobody's vandalizing the park, and uh, and if and a little bit, all of these are optional, of course. Um, but but more optional, which I I guess less crucial, are uh, little mascots that you can hire to to, to, to walk sure. around, and you can choose what kind of mascot they are. You can choose like what they're wearing, and you know what kind of uh, costume they're wearing. Um, when you're building food stands and all that kind of stuff, you can you 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 choose to set the prices for everything. So, you know, here's my cheeseburger stand. I'm in the cheeseburgers are going to cost this much. Here's my hat stand. Here's my t-shirt stand. Here's umbrellas. Here's, uh, you know, drinks, here's pretzels, here's soup, here's, uh, iced tea. There's a million different stands just aside from the, even just aside from the rides themselves that you can choose to buy. I liked, um, having a, a hat stand and then, and, and even and on stuff like hats and t-shirts, you can choose what color they are even. And then people will actually wear them. So if you have if you're if you have a hat stand, anybody who buys a hat, it'll show them walking around with the hat on. I just wanted everybody to walk around wearing my pink hats, so I made the uh, pink hat prices to where I made zero profit <laughs> zero profit off of them, just so that they would sell as many as possible without actually costing me money. And so Jesus. I just had like 90 percent of the people that were visiting my park were just walking around wearing a giant pink hat. It was really funny to watch. Uh, same with balloons; it'll show them carrying the balloon and all that um and weather affects what people will buy so um yeah, you know I talked about this <laughs> yeah particularly with umbrellas they'll buy they'll start buying shitload of umbrellas if it starts to rain uh weather also affects what kind of rides they'll go on even so like when it's raining, they'll want to go on indoor rides, or you know like uh like like not roller
1: coasters, <laughs>
0: yeah not roller coasters, but things that are inside, or some of them are like like 3 d movies that you can that yeah, like can as well yeah so they'll so they'll be more apt to go on those, which I don't even think a lot of games nowadays would 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 focus would like have that level of specificity
1: yeah guess
0: for this type of game. it was really cool to see. Um, of course, kind of one of the bigger things that that most people love on this game, which to me was almost kind of secondary. I love the, the the kind of broader, oh, here's my huge park. I, I just like watching the whole thing grow as a whole. But another huge part of the game is designing individual roller coasters. So you're building a roller coaster. You choose out of all the different styles of roller coaster what you know what what type you want. the The one that I the build, the big one that I had in my park was like a dragon roller coaster. And, oh, but by the way, the name of my park was Crazy Funny World. And so I had this dragon roller coaster and I ran out of money <laughs> before I could finish building it. So I had to wait quite a while before I was able to finish it. But um, you can, for any of them, you can choose like a pre-built like uh, design for it. Or you can just design your own, which is the fun part is really just kind of designing your own. Even just this aspect of the game has so much depth to it. You have to you know, ass- yeah, you have to take into account like how much momentum the the cars are going to have when they're going on certain parts of the track or like sometimes you might have like the first couple times I like completed the circuit on my roller coaster I'm like all right, go for it. It would like go up a little hill and then like go down some and then it would have another hill and it like would get stuck and couldn't go up it and then it would just roll backwards. And kind of do this little, almost sort of like a teeter-totter, like roll back and forth until it just like comes to a stop because it didn't have enough speed to get up this this second big ramp. So on sections like that, you have to build the little parts that kind of like pull the uh, the roller coaster up. If you know what I'm talking about, if you if you've if you've ever yep. ever been on a roller coaster, there are some where it's like you can kind of feel the gears beneath you that are like pulling it up. They're carrying it up the track, and then you get to the top. And then it goes down and it goes super fast and go, go around turns. You can choose like not only how sharp the turns are, but whether they also kind of bank at the same time, you can add loop de loops. You can add like, there are so many different little tweaks you can make to the way it twists and turns and goes around the track. Um, you also have to make sure that it doesn't go too fast and fly off the track at some parts because it will do that. And it will kill anybody who's riding it. If you, if you hadn't tested it out uh, beforehand, so that's also very important and, and extremely amusing. Um, even the like, even the physics on when a roller coaster crashes are pretty impressive. Like pieces just go flying everywhere. It's not just like, oh, boom, here's a little explosion. Like it's fairly detailed for for a game this old showing like the way it crashes and stuff like that. Um, What else? Oh, I, so another thing that I thought was really cool was on this particular roller coaster once I finally got it working um I built it so large that I could that I could build other rides inside it
1: yeah that's right
0: that's I thought that was really cool I had a big giant uh Ferris wheel in uh in the middle of it and there was also one of the like 3d movie theaters that I was talking about and like all sorts of stands and it's and then in you know around this you have this giant roller coaster going all around it that was really cool I thought um going back to the depth of it all rides also have um intensity levels and nausea levels this is even calculated on the individual roller coasters that you build based on the twists and all that that you add to it which again is not something that i think even a lot of games today would have um you can also view Every individual guest's like stats, it'll show like their hung like you can click on any individual guest in your park. It'll show how hungry they are, how thirsty they are, how badly they have to go to the bathroom, how much fun they're having, what their uh like nausea tolerance is, what their thrill level preferences, what their favorite ride here is, uh, you know, of course like their name and stuff too. Like, again, stuff that I don't even think a lot of games today would have. I haven't played like the new like Parkitect and uh I don't know what the other one is, but I would be surprised if they have the same level of depth that this game has. Also, on that same note, if you put food stands too close to a high-nausea ride, it'll cause people to throw up in that area a whole lot. So, like, that was one of the things I read about the game. It was like, don't put food stands next to rides with high-nausea levels, because then you're going to have vomit everywhere, and people are not going to like your park as much.
1: Yeah, Mom's Spaghetti, right?
0: Yeah. Um... Also, as I said, rides will break down and stuff. You got to make sure, you know, you have people fixing them and all that. Just, it is amazing to me how, like, just the level of, of depth that this ha- game has in essentially every aspect of the whole entire game. My only two complaints are, oh. it's, it's a little bit tough to make money. Um, I eventually kind of figured out that I was charging way too little to get into uh, the park. So once I kind of figured that out, it it did help quite a bit, but but it still took a quite a while to to make money for me. Maybe I just suck at the game, so that could very well be it.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say.
0: <laughs> and also, there's one common issue that that it seems like a lot of people have from from what I saw online, which was, um, it's it's very hard to have complete control over um the litter in your park. And that, and really? everybody will complain about that. And that's a big thing that like your, your guests get really upset about huh. fairly easily. Um, when you have, I didn't
1: ha- run down the first one. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. When you have handymen, when you hire them, you can tell them, all right, here are the sections of the park that I want you to be responsible for. Yep. Um, and so you, you know, you make sure that you have enough to cover, you know, how, however big your park is. I had them covering like everything. And it still said, like, I would check the, um, the thoughts and you like the, the, the character's thoughts. And there's one screen that you can bring it up where it'll, you can, it'll list people's like most, like biggest, uh, like most common thoughts, whether like, oh, well, I like this, right. Or, you know, I hate this park or that kind of stuff. And it was always the top one were like 50 people saying this park has a huge litter problem. And I was like looking at everywhere. I don't see litter and what it would be in, in every case was one specific tile somehow didn't get selected in this like one little area and there's like a pile of trash there and that was it but that alone was causing them to say uh, this park has a crazy bad litter problem so wow you do have to be really careful about that but um but i mean overall that's those are my only problems with it and those are both fairly minor i i think this game is just absolutely fantastic
1: yeah and just to i'm not going to go too far in depth because i talk about this in my playthrough there's a lot of strategic information that they give you about the profit on rides and shops and all this they give you a lot of strategic detail which to me adds another level uh another layer to the game especially in some of the later campaigns you have a very short amount of time to complete a very difficult goal or a very very high stake goal if you will and it gets to the point where you have to be very strategic on how you execute uh, your buildings and you can't waste money and, you know, you have to be very good with marketing and it, it, there's just a lot of things that, that come into play. Uh, when you play it, to, when you play through some more difficult levels that really for me that make the game much more interesting, cause the early on levels are just like, okay, I have to play for, uh, usually like two to two to four years. And like, I think a year is like an hour in game. So if okay. you have a the map where it's like, you have to do this by the end of year four, you're like, great, there's four hours out of my day. Like, I think it's something like that, but yeah.
0: Cool. Um, as a final note, you're familiar with, uh, the Mr. Bones wild ride meme, right?
1: Uh, I think so. Refresh
0: me. Oh, wow. Okay. Sounds familiar. <laughs> so basically this guy made, um, like this, this, this ride that he called Mr. Bones wild ride and, uh, oops, and it takes, um, I think it takes four years in game for the ride for the ride to complete. <laughs> so like it's just this meme that this guy created this uh, this hilariously long ride, and then Jesus. he also made it to where like once people got on, then he edited it to where the exit of the ride goes straight back to the entrance. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he put a big sign on it that says um, "this ride," or he put a big sign on it that says "the ride never ends" as they're going back into it. <laughs> oh man, that's. So it was. I think it was like originally like a 4chan thread or something like that where he's kind of like telling everybody what he's doing as he's doing it. and like everybody's just like laughing their ass off and um, wow. that's where the meme I want to get off Mr. Bones Wild Ride comes from because like he was getting the looking at the character's thoughts as they were on the ride. It's like they're two years in and they're, they're everybody's thought is I want to get off Mr. Bones Wild Ride. Oh my
1: god. <laughs>
0: but, uh, I think you can
1: name the rides.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, but, so there's Mr. Bone's Wild Ride, which which takes four in-game years to complete, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly. However, I found some guy, I found some video somewhere <laughs> that this guy essentially, like, figured out mathematically the way to make the longest possible ride in the game. Wow. And without, <laughs> I won't go too in-depth, but... There's a way to have two rides and you have to, and you make them synchronize with each other to where one cannot start until um, another, until the one that it's synchronized with also sure. starts. So one of them takes up the entire map except for one row or except for, I guess, two rows. And then the other one is synced with it and it's got like eight cars that go in a fairly small loop. But they're not allowed to start. But any given car in there is not allowed to start until the giant one finishes its ride. But the giant one does the entire map like 30 times or something like that. And that counts as one loop. And then after it does one, then one of these other little cars go. And there's like eight on that track. (laughs) And the one doing the giant one goes super fucking slow. So he didn't even have. So the way he did it, it would. It's not even possible to watch it to see how long it takes. But he, but he did the calculations. (laughs) In game, it takes. It would take eighty three thousand three hundred and forty six years to complete. And what? (laughs) And in real life, if you were to let this play out and sit there and watch it, it would. It would take twelve IRL years. to for this for one loop of this ride to complete.
1: <laughs> That's ridiculous.
0: It's awesome. So uh I forgot what the name of the um I forgot I don't think he even gave his his ride a oh, name. Sure You was, can Google it. You don't need to it was just like, yeah, just Google like twelve years or eighty three thousand years roller coaster tycoon two ride. And uh it's more or less like it's kinda interesting. He's like he like did all the math on it and he explains like how he came up with this method to like maximize you know to create the longest maximum ride and all this stuff it's kind of kind of interesting but anyway that was i thought pretty hilarious to have an eighty three thousand year long ride and those are my three games for this episode you want to call it a wrap and talk about other things next time yeah let's do that we can do that nice talking with you yeah all right jay why don't you tell me about what you've been playing besides gran turismo 3 um, so
1: I, some of the games I was talking about last time for games I want to try or, or try to beat or hopefully beat, um, one of them was Pikmin 2. And so I actually played uh probably like several hours into Pikmin 2. And honestly, just to kind of get out there, wasn't the biggest fan of this game. I, I really enjoyed uh, the first one. The first one I played through probably like three or four times. Um, and I really enjoyed the game. I feel like you know what the whole goal of the game is, and you're more or less trying to pick up all your parts and then you know, get in your spaceship and fly home. In the second one, you start out, first of all, you, you learn that you're playing as two characters instead of just one, which in the initial one was just Olimar. You're playing as Olimar and Dewey, who are crash land on this planet, or another planet, and you're there to Who's collect Dewey? money. I don't know. I think it's supposed to be his brother or relative or something. I wasn't really paying attention too much to the story because Dewey's a dumbass, first of all, because his <laughs> name is Dewey. Every time he click on it, it goes, Dewey. It makes this really weird sound. But
0: uh, <laughs> That sounds awesome to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course it would to you. <laughs> Wow. But, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it was, uh, there was some weird things. So, so like I said, you, you have Olimar and Dewey, and they both have the same abilities that Olimar had in the first one. So, the idea of the game is the new element that they added is you are essentially you have both you're playing as both of them and you can use them to do two things at once so you can switch between them so one of them can be focused on clearing out like pathways and fighting while the other one's at home macroing and it's kind of a cool element at first but then it just gets like really overwhelming and the levels the levels aren't as restricted as the first one um, to an extent it, early on so you don't you, you're not able to do too much in the levels um, but then it kind of opens up uh, to to a much broader area and then so so in the first one the the really the frightening element of the game was the timer at the end of every day all you have to have all of your all of your pikmin back home or they just die right yeah, yeah. and that exists in this one but then you go into these dungeons more or less they're caves but they're dungeons and there's no time in there so you could literally be like 10 seconds left in the day and just go down to the cave and just sit in the cave and grind
0: and you could also grind what, money what, 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 in there. what do you get out of the cave
1: The timer starts once you get out of the cave, but it doesn't run while you're inside.
0: But but like, what 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 can you do inside the cave?
1: Oh, you can fight mobs and accumulate further Pikmin. You can find objects to get gold or money so you can end the game. Like it was, it was really weird. As soon as I found, I was like, you could abuse the shit out of this because you could literally just go in here and just farm and just keep collecting uh, this stuff, like just repeating the same the same day. And it, it was just like it was the game felt really easy even with the additional complicated mechanic and I, I don't know it just I wasn't motivated to play it and, and I, I didn't enjoy the new mechanic and I don't know it just didn't feel good to me uh, I played this with my brother who who really likes Pikmin 1 as well and I was like really hesitant to say anything at first because I was like I don't want to ruin his opinion on this and then eventually he's like yeah I don't really like this I'm like okay me either like I, I don't know what it is about it I know a lot of people really like the second one and I believe even there's a third one I want to say uh, but my friend said the third one because I was like, "Yeah, I don't really like it." And he's like, well, "What? What don't you like about it?" And I was like, "I don't really like the mechanic of having two main dudes and having to do like all this different stuff." And he's like, "Well, definitely don't play the third one." So I'm assuming that alludes to the fact that there's probably more uh, in the third one. But
0: hmm. I don't
1: know. I, I don't know if it's installed that makes the first one so good, or if it's storyline, or the simplicity of the Pikmin. And that's the other thing. There's some new Pikmin. They just seem ridiculous. Like, you get these purple Pikmin, and in Pikmin, uh, their strength, it, to pick up items and bring them home, there's a strength requirement. So, like, it might require 35 Pikmin, right? So you have to have 35 Pikmin. Except for purple Pikmin count as 10. And it's like, what? So I just have four oh, of these weird. giant-ass Pikmin. Yeah. And primarily, I've only found them in a the cave so far, because I think I've been to, like, three or four different levels. But there was a couple different kinds of Pikmin that seemed kind of interesting, but I don't know. It just... It doesn't interest me. I don't know. I don't know what to say more than that. Like it, it might just be me. This might be like an exceptional game. And I looked at the reviews, and the reviews are very high in this game. So I'm sad to say I, I didn't enjoy it, and I probably won't give it another shot, at least in the foreseeable future. The funny thing is, I'd play the first one 100% anytime, and I'd play through it again. I don't know what it is about the first one that, that's so good, but uh, the second one just didn't do it for me.
0: Um, one thing that I you know of course of course I haven't played it yet but you know I was on yeah. a call with you uh, a week or so ago and your brother was in the call with us also and he was talking yeah. about it one one other thing that he said that really uh sounded like it kind of sucked was um you know in the first one you go to a new section of the of the world or whatever of the planet and it and you can look on your map and see and here are all the uh the parts of your ship that are here and what you have to do is like figure out how to get to the places. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, on this one, what he was saying is, different parts essentially spawn in on yeah. later days. So like they're not there, if, they're not there at first. But then the second day is like, oh, okay, now there's a new part here, which sounds kind of kind of takes away of the fun of like being like oh i gotta figure out how to get to all these places exactly like,
1: exactly yeah that, that's a good point because it, it is really fun to be strategic and be like oh shit i could like you know if i send my blue pikmin over here i could knock down this water wall while they're doing that i'll take all my yellow pikmin go blow up this wall and you could kind of progress at your own pacing through it but yeah that's a that's a great point with that one it's restricted progression like it, it felt like the levels were pretty unlocked but then there's exactly that in place which was really frustrating for me
0: yeah so pikmin 2 again? That's the oh, loser. It sounds like it's the loser of the episode. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from from
1: my perspective, and again, I think a lot of people really like this game, so I don't want to bag on it. I don't want to talk too too poorly about it. But yeah, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think I looked it up, and and I think I saw also that it got like it got like pretty good reviews. But can't win them all. That's what I always say. <laughs> Is that what You're we got? Ever. Are we done? Um, Anything else?
1: Yeah, no. Sorry, I was just looking at something. <laughs> sorry, I'm just not happy with my top five list. It's just
0: okay. All right, well, let's let's go let's go get into that uh, top five games to eat nachos to. We can't. Yeah,
1: up- you want to you explain? The- I feel like everybody's like, "Wait, what did he just say?"
0: Somebody, um, actually, it was uh, our listener Bo, wrote this in. He suggested this on an email. Pretty sure he was probably drunk when he did so. Oh, are uh, you assuming that? Wow. That's not <laughs> But uh, I wrote it down anyways, and then I realized, um, I guess last week, that we forgot to uh, come up with the top five for this episode. So I pulled up my notes, and that was the first thing I saw. I was like, let's go with it. So we're doing it. Top five games to eat nachos, too. That's the story. You want, yeah, you
1: know? I'm going to I'm gonna put a caveat. This is like, uh, I tried to come up with some fun stuff for this, but it was just kind of like, what? It's a tough one.
0: It's a tough one. Yeah, I guess. But I never back down from a challenge. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first if you want. Okay. Uh,
1: my number five. Or I'm just, I, I, these really don't have to be in any order to be honest. But uh, my, number, <laughs> my. I mean, I mean, all seriously. I mean, they're kind of all generally all right. themed. Same idea of limited usage of your hands for an extended period of time, so you can progress through the game. Uh, so my number five is, is any Pokemon game. I mean, I feel like any Pokemon game you could essentially play with two fingers, That's one a good finger one. to do, yeah, because you can essentially like chip it between, and then you're like, okay, I have one but, one finger to use the D pad and one finger to use A or B depending on what you're doing. So you can just like essentially move with one finger and move and do your actions with the other one, and then you have four four fingers in each hand to hold nachos. So <laughs> that was my thought.
0: Okay, I, I, four fingers on each hand, so you're only using just your thumbs.
1: Sure, just your, no. I'm thinking just your index finger, personally. But.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, 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 got you. Okay, so you can use the thumb. And yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. My number five is Day of the Tentacle, because <laughs> point-and-click adventure games are perfect for nachos because you can click around, take a break, take a bite of nachos. That's kind of the theme for most of mine, um, and then go back to it. And uh, as far as point-and-click adventure games go, I was trying to think about the most one that the, the one that seems most nacho-like. Originally, I was going to say Monkey Island because that's a better game, but then I was like, oh, "No, nah, you know, nachos." When I think nachos, I don't really think pirates so much. I think big, colorful backgrounds and, car- and silly characters and stuff. Let's go with Day of the Tentacle instead. Go. Cool. All right. Next. Number four. Um,
1: number four. Uh, recently played by me, uh, King's Quest. Speaking of point-and-click adventures. King's Quest? Uh, wait, when did you play this?
0: Wait, what was the one we played recently together? Was oh, it, no. You're thinking of um, Quest for Glory. Is it called, is it called Quest for Glory? Yeah. Quest? that's yeah. King's Quest is different.
1: Sorry. Uh, Quest for Glory. There you go. Um, it's essentially kind of the same kind of justification. Yeah, yeah. uh, point-and-click adventure, very limited mechanics. You can essentially play this entire game with one hand, so you could have one dirty-ass hand and then... You know, have one on the mouse. Hey, you know this makes me think of this top five, by the way. Have you ever seen the Gamer Gear H three H three video?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> That's exactly he's what this one's inspiring. Spraying
0: by. the keyboard and cheese is the getting all go go over his monitor.
1: love <laughs> uh, when he's just like sitting there just drooling on himself with the glasses on.
0: I <laughs> love uh-huh. uh, when he how he was like critiquing the way they edit it and there's the one part where they where they just randomly cut to the kid going, Totally Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh god!
0: <laughs> all right, um, all right. That's a good one. Number um four for me is Mario Paint. Mario, what? Paint. Okay. Mm, I think this is also just like you know, good sit around casual time. Take a bite. Then you can use the mouse some more. Draw <laughs> some. Color some. Take another take little a bite. bite. <laughs> and just uh, take you know have a leisurely time eating some nachos and just. Playing something that you don't have to pay much attention to, that isn't you know certainly isn't like time sensitive in any way, and um, just have a blast, have a good old time. All right, you ready for this? I don't know.
1: Number three, solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I I have actually played probably like in the, in the last couple of years. I played I actually played quite a bit of solitaire. It's it's some game really? that I just go. Yeah, I'll play it a lot. Like I'm um, actually, I'll it off on my phone, but I'll play it on my computer every once in a while when I'm just like waiting for something to install, and I don't want to get into something else, and I don't feel like installing like Hearthstone. Uh-huh. I'll sit there and just play a bunch of games of solitaire, and it's you know, obviously, you only need one hand for it, if that even, just to do your moves.
0: You should play um fairy solitaire. It's actually pretty. It's actually really fun. Really okay, I may yeah. actually take you. up. Yeah, it's on Steam.
1: All right. Oh, it's on Steam. I don't, I don't buy Steam games. Either. That's a solid
0: okay. one. I'm solid tear one. No? All right. <laughs> number was that number yeah number three number mm-hmm. three is uh earthbound because how dare you i'm kidding not for actually this you know this should probably be my number two but the cat's already out of the bag um not only is earthbound a good really fun game it's got a lot of things going for it for this category it's super fun game it is uh also a turn bait well Yeah, it's a turn-based RPG, so you don't have to worry about time in most cases, except for when you get to situations where you have to worry about the rolling uh, HP counter. Um, It has nachos in the game, if you choose for that to be your your favorite food. Oh, man. And also, you can play the game with one hand, because it has the weird thing where you can use L to basically do everything, and then, like, select is to back out of menus and stuff. So you can actually play that whole game with just using your left hand. Wow. Wow. Really, this may, this should have been my number. Oh, wow, that should
1: have been way higher. What the hell? You put so much thought into that. Yeah,
0: that were, that should have been a lot higher. But there it is. Earthbound.
1: All right, you ready? Yes. Um. So uh, I guess I'll go with this. I was gonna go with it in a, a in a JRPG with a lot of cutscenes because you know then you just get to kind of eat your nachos and sit yeah, yeah. back and watch. But... I thought about doing that too. Yeah, I think I'm actually gonna go with Final Fantasy One though. Final Fantasy One is is Ooh, such wow. an easy. Dude, it's it's so I, I have legitimately like looked away from my monitor for an extended period of time while I'm just sitting there hitting hitting attack going through combat there's a lot of parts where you're grinding where you're essentially just walking around as much as you can in circles and hitting a until the combat finishes like there there's a there's quite a few times where you're just gonna be doing that so I, I think would think that
0: because I, I know I've so I played a little bit of Final Fantasy One uh, just a couple months ago when we got, when I got the NES classic and that makes sense to me but mostly because. Sometimes it takes like three fucking minutes for the for the bad guys just to do their turn. Oh because yeah, because sometimes you're fighting nine bad guys and each one takes like thirty seconds to do its attack. It because they have an
1: animation and it has to do damage
0: and it and there's like a pause in between and everything goes slow even while it's go- like it. Oh geez, that really that was why I didn't get any any farther into it. It was just because I was tired of.
1: I play that game in high wow. speed when I play it now. I'll turn up the emulating speed.
0: Oh, okay. That's, yeah, definitely the way to go. Yeah. All right. My number uh, two is going to be uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. <sighs> another Good game one. that, per- I, you know, I don't know that, necess- that this actually has a nacho stand now that I think about it. It should. Oh,
1: the, f- the first one I don't think has one that I've seen.
0: Huh. But, um, yeah, another game. You don't have to uh worry about timing or anything like that. You just uh play with you just, you know, one hand on the mouse, one hand in the nachos. Um, but <laughs> in retrospect, I should have switched this with Earthbound.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: All right, number uh what's your number one what's the best <laughs> game to eat nachos to? You ready for this? I'm ready.
1: Oregon fucking trail, let's go. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, what would be interesting? I'm like, oh man, that is such an easy game. Like, you you literally don't need anything for that. You just you could play that with your nose if you wanted to. Just <laughs> press the keys. <case." laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. You could for sure. Um, all right, last one. My number one is a game that I have actually not even played, but I just think it would be perfect. DoA Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> because what better. Game to eat notches two, then one. A game where you're watching Bikini Babes play beach volleyball with DOA. Bikini
1: Babes is what you just said to her.
0: No no less, the the, the, the DOA girls, no less. And uh, and also, that game you only have to use one hand to play. Oh, careful with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm careful with it, don't worry. Very careful. Perfect wording on that one. <laughs> uh so yeah, what what better time to eat nachos than than watching this?
1: Right? I'm just imagining never mind, you know what, let's just do
0: <laughs> I don't want to hear the rest of that sentence.
1: Good, good me either.
0: Alright, this turned out pretty good I think. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think you even like it better than I do. Bo, thank you for the uh, extremely odd, but but oddly funny, but oddly successful suggestion. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah. In all seriousness, sorry if we're making fun of it, but that, that was pretty good,
0: actually. <laughs> um, I want to insult you. The, uh, we went ahead and figured out the next one. For our next top five, we're going to do uh, defining games for the platformer genre. I don't think we've done this before. Um. So... We're going to do it now. And if we have done it before, uh, well, I guess we're just going to do it a second time. We've done this in, I think, for, we, we did it for RPGs, I'm pretty sure, but I don't think we did it for anything else. So, next top five. Top five defining platformer games. Now it is time for emails. But
1: the email, sorry.
0: well uh, you don't have to apologize. All right. Bye-bye. So, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, today is the day that we will determine uh, this quarter's Game of the Quarter that we will be playing or we will be discussing at the end of March. Just to recap, uh, if you're not familiar with Game of the Quarter... This is a game that uh, we choose ahead of time that Jay and I will both play for a later episode. Allegedly. We do it once every quarter and all of the uh, listeners are also invited to play the game. Tell us, you know, send in your thoughts about it so we can kind of have a group discussion more or less uh, about the game. Since we don't often, even though we did this time, we don't often play the same game. So uh, last time through some pseudo random picking, the pool of games we came up with were uh, mostly very terrible games because I thought it would be funny for us to potentially all play a really bad game and talk about how bad it was together. Um, but uh, one of them was a good one. The uh, the nominee or the, the, the possibilities, the, the options to vote for were Superman 64, Aquaman Ooh. Battle for Atlantis, Metal Gear Solid, Daikatana, mm-hmm. Simpsons Wrestling, and Greg, and Greg Hastings tournament paintball.
1: Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, I think we're gonna be playing some paintball. Personally,
0: I I don't think so. I, we very well may. Now, have you looked at the emails? No.
1: Okay, then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna guess the paintball. What are you gonna guess?
0: I'm gonna guess Aquaman. Interesting. Um, I have not voted yet. I will put in my vote right now. I'm actually I'm gonna vote for Aquaman. Wow. Uh, you're, so, you're
1: bold in your guess, but you still...
0: The so this is supposed to be a very terrible game. I'm not familiar with it, uh, but but I, something about it really piqued my interest. So I thought it would be really funny to play this one, knowing that it's supposed to be really, really bad. Um, Jay, you are allowed to vote. You said you don't want to, probably. I'll stay. I'll stay. Are there, would you like... I would like... To, um, I will allow you... So... so Basically, whoever's turn it is, they come up with the rules. Right now, this time it's my turn, so I'm coming up with all the rules. If there's a tie, then I'm also going to choose which one of the which one of those breaks the tie, so I t- potentially do get two votes. Um, Bullshit. Rig. I will also allow you if you don't want to vote on one. Would you like to negative vote on any of the games and give it a negative uh, a negative point? Um, like, are you going to kill yourself if we have to play Metal Gear Solid, for instance? Metal Gear Solid. You, so okay, so you want to give a negative,
1: negative f- vote? on negative, Yeah, let's do that. That's funny. Okay. Does that make you mad?
0: Uh, no, no, no. I'm good. With, I, oh
1: I'm, man, I'm that's what I was going for.
0: I'm fine with not playing. I think it would be really fun to play, but I'm also a lot of these games. I like for me. I think it would be so much fun to play some of these terrible ones that that, that I would almost rather play something besides Metal Gear Solid. Honestly. Yeah,
1: same. That's part of my motivation, and that and I just don't want to play it.
0: Okay. <laughs> so um, so there we have it. So right now. Aquaman has one vote. Metal Gear Solid has negative one vote, and we were we were as we read through the emails, uh, we will tally up the votes. Like it. All right, let's get this show started. First one I'm comes nervous. from, uh, from Ben. Ben says, uh, "Jay and Rob, long time no email. I've been I've been enjoying your show, and I love the game of the quarter idea. First awesome. off, yeah, thank you. First off, I want to talk about a game from my long distance distant past." It was a licensed game published by Interplay in 2000, if I remember correctly. The game was called Star Trek New Worlds. It was something like a real-time strategy set on a system of planets that appeared after the Romulans test a new weapon. You can play as either the Romulans, Klingons, or Federation, each of whom have separate campaigns that are set on the same planets. Eventually, it is discovered that a powerful ancient race dwells on these planets and hijinks ensue. I played this game. Excuse me. I played this game when I was in my early teens and have pleasant memories of it. Though as you, but though as I recall, you could not save the game mid-mission. Wow! What? Which meant that you had to block out time to play each mission from start to finish, which for a thirteen-year-old was not difficult to do. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> the uh, uh, the ground units are all vehicular, and there are no quote ground units in the traditional sense of troops, as I recall. From what I read, the reviews are not great for the game, but I've never played a game quite like it before. Have either of you heard of or played it? No, I have not. No, uh, I have not actually have not played it. I'm not really a big star. I don't dislike Star Trek, but I was just never a huge Star Trek fan. So I don't think I've I don't think I've played any Star Trek games.
1: Robert's sponsored by uh, Star Wars. Star Wars that's yeah,
0: why. I am. Game of the quarter. He says, sure. Oh, Metal no. Gear. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Metal Gear. He says, sure. Metal Gear Solid has gotten a lot of airtime on the podcast already. But hear me out. I recently, before hearing last episode, got a hold of, of a copy of the Twin Snakes for GameCube, and was and was planning on playing through it. I've never played the original PSX edition. Uh, Twin Snakes is the original um, Metal Gear ported onto uh, uh, the GameCube. i gonna make sure it doesn't. I don't think it has. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's just a, it's just the original game, um, the original Metal Gear Solid uh, put on GameCube. Ooh. So he says he. I got that. Uh, I never played the original PSX edition. I figure if I'm going to be playing it, why not enlist my favorite classic gaming podcast? Enlist? Hey, to also play along with me. <laughs> of course, I figure you guys will be playing the PSX or PC versions. But who's counting? My vote is Metal Gear Solid. All right, so Metal Gear Solid back up to zero.
1: I like it. Let's go. No, you don't. You don't You're like not. it. I like it because my vote was worth it. Then. Oh,
0: okay, okay. Um. Many moons ago on episode 92, you had a top five about uh, games you'd like to see done by different developers. Oh, Ooh, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Rob yeah, suggested a Ninja Turtles game made by Hideo Kojima. Holy shit. That was the best thing that I've ever said. Apparently, <laughs> which would be interesting, but it made me think that a Ninja Turtles game done by Rocksteady in the style of the Arkham games would be fantastic. Great combat, open world side missions and bringing all the Ninja Turtle foes and lure together into one game could make for a lot of fun. You can even incorporate four player co op if you wanted to get fancy with Ooh, it. I yeah, like that. I think that's a good idea. Uh, current gaming sub mail. First, I finally picked up Divinity: Original Sin Two. I don't have enough good things to say about this game. It has sucked me in like no Western RPG has done since I played the original Neverwinter Nights in my teens. Wow.
1: I've heard really good things about Neverwinter Nights. It's also supposed to be a very good game.
0: Uh, yeah, I played. I think Never it's Winter very
1: D and D isn't
0: it? Uh, yeah, it is. I, I I owned that, and I got, like, super far into the game, but it's like an 80-hour game or something like that. Holy shit. Yeah, I just remember it being insanely long. I
1: think how hard that'd be to, to develop, you know, at that time. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy.
0: He says, the gameplay and combat system are unique and well-designed, the music is superb, and the voice acting is excellent. I foresee dumping many hours into this game. Finally, Enjoy. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I uh, Finally, I, re- I recently started playing through... Uh, the remastered Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy, yeah, <laughs> and I have to say I'm, I'm totally impressed with the job they did on the remake. If you're a fan of the original Crash games, you have to check this one out. You haven't you haven't played any of those on the remake, have you? Uh, no,
1: no, but I just recently replayed the second one.
0: Gotcha. <clears throat> um, thanks again for all the good times. Looking forward to the next episode, Ben.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, much appreciated.
0: All right, Jay, I'm going to pass this next one on over to you.
1: Would you just send me that young link when you're done? Yep. Uh, hello, it's Father Beast again. Okay, so let me zoom in on this so I can read it. Uh, my vision's terrible. Uh, okay, so not much choice available in this round of game of the quarter. Since I'm not a <laughs> console gamer, I'm going to vote for the only game I recognize as a PC game. I'm voting for Daikatana. If one of the console games gets picked, I think I'll just watch someone play. Uh, do excuse me, I will. I'll watch some Let's Play on YouTube instead of actually playing. Now about the New Year resolution games, Robert, you said you wanted to play Star Control two, my favorite game of all time. I'll be looking forward to hearing you talk about it uh, now with the original on GOG. Uh, let's see, talk about it now. The original GOG is good enough, but I prefer to play play the fan remake. The Urquan Masters.
0: Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good.
1: It is pretty much the same, except it also has voice acting. This version was made using the source code for 3DO version of the game. The voices are all pretty hilarious, from the Scottish pterodactyls to the Russian pig bears. Um, As if that wasn't enough, someone has made a mod for the Urquan Masters that upgrades the graphics to HD. It looks fantastic if you're used to the original game and doesn't change the gameplay at all. Highly recommend.
0: Nice. Yeah. Part of the, um, I heard really, really good things about this game and I've, I had seen it on many like top PC games of all time lists, but, um, so it was always like on my radar, but, uh, actually one of the things that really pushed me to get to it soon was, was he, uh, father beast wrote in an email a while back, not too long ago, but sometime last year, I think, uh, I just talked, talking about how amazing it was. And that, once I read that, I was like, oh, I really do need to get to this sometime soon. So thank you. Uh, continue, continue on.
1: Uh, now I don't normally make New Year's resolution, but I thought I w- would pipe up with what I thought I should play play this coming year. <laughs> That's just a funny phrasing. That's interesting. Uh, that is, if I can tear myself away from Factorio, uh, Father Beast. Uh, first, so have
0: you have you played? You haven't played Factorio, have you? No, I haven't heard of it. I have heard, like, I have heard so many. Oh, good I watched things. my
1: friend play this.
0: That's what this is. Like, I have heard so much good stuff about this game. Every time I watch it, it just doesn't – it's, it's like, kind of like how I was talking about Tony Hawk and stuff. It's like I don't quite get watching – just from watching it, like, what looks – like, it doesn't look so amazing to me. But I've heard so many good things that, like, I feel like I just have to – I'm going to have to eventually just try it out just to see, like – what i missed that's what this
1: is because yeah i may have to play this i've watched a bunch of people play this i didn't know what it was i was just because i was listening to them talk and i'm like watching them play this game I'm like the hell is that game it's so interesting but then i'm like i lose interest because you know whatever but
0: yeah i've heard, just heard cool. so many people just just like gush about this game I, i'm just gonna have to eventually just try it cool uh continuing on father beast top five new year's resolution games
1: number five sins of a solar empire I know this game isn't that old, but I've been hearing good things about it for years, and I just got it it for free recently. I think I should give it a go. Number four, Freelancer. I've been thinking about this since I read the review in PC Gamer years ago. I have the discs, but have never installed it. It's supposed to be sort of like Diablo in space, although Space Game Junkie podcast says a game called Drop Operative, or excuse me, Drox Operative, is the true Diablo in space.
0: I just want to check it out. out. I'll have to check this out too. It sounds cool.
1: Number three, Grim Fandango. People have loved this story for years, but I was afraid of it because it made this, it was made in the same engine as escape from monkey Island, which was a huge disappointment. Nevertheless, I got it. Re, I got the remastered version and intend to check it out.
0: Um, I'll say for uh, regarding grim Fandango, I, and father beast, you may very well have heard this episode, although it was a while back. Um, I had never played grim Fandango growing up. And when they come, when they did come out with the remaster, uh, I finally bought it and played through the whole thing. And I did not love it. <clears throat> I had heard, Uh, this is another game that heard great things about but when i played it i i just yeah there are great things about the game but overall i just didn't think it was that great but uh however as far as the game engine goes that part that worked perfectly fine to me It, it did not uh yeah i get that it's the same one as escape from monkey island and it really didn't work it wasn't bad there but it didn't work great but uh i as far as just the engine goes, I felt like it played perfectly fine. It was just kind of the game overall that I didn't love.
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, number two, Starflight. When I played Mass Effect, I told my son that the races and lore reminded me of Star Control 2. Well, I'm told that the races and lore in Starflight inspired Star Control 2, which in turn inspired Mass Effect. I just need to buckle down and do this game.
0: Yeah, I've Number heard, one, um, Robert. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm I, sorry. I was commenting on almost all these, but oh, I've heard really good things about Starflight uh, as well. And in fact, um, uh, there are aspects of this that I know the developers of, of uh, Dwarf Fortress took uh, to use in their game. On oh. with okay, yeah, go on.
1: Number one, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Good choice. Ah. Good choice. Uh, I am almost certain to enjoy this game since I also like a similar game, Sim Theme Park, and I'm a big fan of Transport Tycoon, which was Chris Sawyer's game previous to this. I just need to do it. So there we are. I'm still listening to the podcast, Father Beast.
0: Very nice. Thank you, Father Beast.
1: Good list, especially the last part of it.
0: So he voted for Daikatana. Yep. So that means uh, currently it's a tie uh aquaman battle for atlantis has one daikatana has one and everything else including metal gear solid has zero yay because since you gave it the negative one all right um let's see what's next Ah, another um okay this one he just gave us some he father beast wrote back in and gave us some links to uh urquan masters all right uh here's a good one from jeff he says, uh, subject line, you are the absolute worst, and the body of the email says, you suck, Jeff.
1: <laughs> Jeff, I thought buddies.
0: I'm going to count that as a vote for Aquaman. No, and both. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Next one. This one's from uh, uh, Andrew. He says, dear connoisseurs of fine digital entertainment, I've decided oh, yeah. to add to the undoubtedly massive Tidal wave of emails you'll be receiving this week. I don't know about that. In response to the shamefully dismal contribution we, the listeners, submitted for the previous episode. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that one. And allow me, as my first statement in this groveling message, to offer uh, a heartfelt apology for dinning the importance of our involvement in your noble and fastidious (laughs) proceedings within the community of gamers. Wow. This is getting intense. It is regrettable that I was not communicably active more often in between the past few episodes, and I mean for such reprehensible reprehensible behavior to happen not again. Sounds halfway like he's coming out of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Anyway, on to more interesting stuff. I was uh, really excited to hear your review of Roller Coaster Tycoon several episodes back. While this game is not really a current topic of discussion on the podcast anymore, it would delight me... If you'd allow a little retrogressive discussion, uh, are we gonna are we gonna allow this?
1: Surprise! We talked about it again.
0: <laughs> this was one of the first economic and resource management slash landscape design style games I played, and I spent hours and hours building roller coasters, planting gardens, constructing tunnels and underground pathways, and of course, designing intricate death traps for my ever faithful patrons who just wanted to go home. Many never, many never did. I never really got the hang of actually making tons of money, but seemed to always just scrape by and accomplish the goal. My focus was focus was always on finding the exact formula for building a roller coaster that would look like a near-death experience, but also attract as many park visitors as possible to take the ride. I found that the height and overall speed was what seemed to be the main factor in discouraging potential riders, so I built them underground. <laughs> That's awesome. This way, you could have high drops, but the total height was measured from the ground level. The problem of speed could be reduced by making just a couple long drops and a few extra long slow sections to compensate for the high speeds elsewhere. I'm not positive anymore. Uh, this I'm, I'm not positive anymore that this science actually worked, but underground roller coasters seem to always attract more visitors, even if they were built with steeper, longer, and faster drops than the above. Wow. Me, than the above ground rides. I need to play again now and test that old strategy as well as see about getting that fat, that fat cash like Jay. Oh yes. Jay's all about that fat cash. Yeah, if you, you
1: need tips, I'm selling them. Just hit me up.
0: And now a quick, um, a quick touch on the Banner Saga trilogy since it was mentioned in the end of the last episode. I have played the first and need to play the rest. So there you have it. Voting time. I choose Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> well, it's tied now. It's tied now. Um, wow. Uh, let's see. I wasn't I, I thought more people were going to go for some of the bad games, but I guess not everybody's like me and likes playing terrible games. Uh, I choose middle gear salad mainly because I have never played it. If I'm not mistaken, it's a pretty intense game that requires many, many hours, right? Uh, no, uh, no, Andrew, it doesn't take, I'll look it up real quick. I, I feel, I think it's maybe a 20 hour long game, maybe even more like 18. Let's see what, how long to beat says Metal Gear solid. Oh no, not even that main story, 11 and a half hours. Uh, completionist is 15 and a half. So yeah, not, not, not crazy long at all. Um, so I don't expect anyone to vote for it due to the probability that we would all rather play something that we can get through before the end of March, but I want to play. Maybe I'll add it to the list of games I want to try to play this year. Yeah, so no, yeah, so Andrew so. No, it should definitely be doable. Perhaps this is a good time for me to do a top 5. I don't think you guys talked about a top 5 for this episode, so I'm just going to touch quickly on games I've wanted to play for years that I would love to play this year. So, the top 5 games I want to play this year would be five, number 5 Riven. I played this as a kid but never finished. I really want to go back and complete it. It's a commitment of pretty focused attention, so it's number 5 on the list. Number 4, ICO. I thought about putting this on yeah. my list actually. Uh, another, yeah, one... Think about it. Yeah. another one i started but didn't finish i i did complete the next game from that developer shadow of the colossus Iko is still waiting for me number three mech warrior one <laughs> i played two and three growing up uh, pretty extensively
1: oh, i'd definitely go down to play one of these
0: yeah that, that, i think that'll be fun uh never attempted one and i want to see where the series started i hear it's rough but i'm up for a challenge uh... Number two, The The Legend of Kirandia, books one through three. I think I might have this in my GOG library. I had a short interaction with this game as a uh, a kid at my friend's house who owned a demo, and I just remember that it seemed like a bizarre adventure game. Something about it has been calling me back ever since that first contact. And number one, Final Fantasy VII.
1: Aw, yes.
0: I know, I know, how could I? As a huge fan of JRPGs, this should have been an accomplishment eons ago. Well, I'm doing it before I play uh, any other old school game this year, so get off me. This is my and before the one... remake. And before the remake, this is my number one need to play title for this year. And if I have any uh, actual resolutions, this will be it. Oh, I think you're gonna love it, Andrew. Um, Jake. Speaking of which, do you think they're ever gonna come out with a damn remake for this of
1: seven? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're working on it.
0: Yeah, they're working on it. But it like, is this gonna be? Like what was it that Final Fantasy? Listen, I'm a pessimist. Who? What? Who are you? They showed like 30 seconds of gameplay like three years ago, and nothing since. Was this
1: that long ago? It Shut was up, probably. Was it, really? it
0: was probably like two years ago. It Holy was no. Shit. It was no less than two years ago. Wow. Um,
1: That's nutty. I just don't. That's your question. I don't know. Now you're making me nervous.
0: And I wonder if this is going to be like just lost and then they're just gonna kind of turn it into something else you know like they tend to do sometimes it it would just be
1: better for nintendo that's all i have to
0: say (laughs) but what it is living the high life right now would it even come out on nintendo
1: no 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 i'm saying oh oh, you're saying saying failing
0: uh, yeah that
1: Failing would be good for nintendo
0: i mean yeah i just i wonder what's going on with this game um in other news I'm currently playing Hero U: Rogue to Redemption by Lori and Corey Cole, creators of the Quest for Glory series. Hey. Oh, oh, oh! I have uh, heard of this. I may have mentioned this in a previous email months ago, and that's a good picture of how long it takes me to get through a game. I work too many hours because my job requires a lot of travel, Ooh. and that travel is by car. Ooh. So, not uh, so not much time for me to pull out a game system or laptop in transit.
1: Yeah, sorry to hear that.
0: Although that may be changing soon as I'm hopefully getting a job I just interviewed for that is better overall with only 40 hour work weeks, a major increase in compensation in closer proximity to where I live. Nice. Damn, good luck. Yeah, good luck. I hope that works out for you. Sounds killer. This would open up some extra time for me to pursue my favorite hobby again and catch up on some old titles. Anyway, you got to try Hero U if you're an adventure fan. It's just a great, simple adventure game that reminds me of what it was like playing similar similar games <clears throat> when I was lo- when I was young excessively replayable too i don't really go for the replay options in any game this one is on another level anyway there's my plug and i've typed on for a long time now i'll let someone else have a turn thanks for the amazing podcast i'm always anticipating the next installment you guys put out it is definitely a highlight of my week when i get to tune in while wow. driving between job sites to hear you and the other mealer emailers and guests talk about our collective passion for gaming
1: thank you for all the kind words goddamn yes
0: <laughs> if I not a
1: blush, i'd be blushing right now
0: yeah, thanks, Andrew. We, we really do appreciate it. All right. Uh, Jay, we got two more. Okay. Do you think Metal Gear Solid's going to pull through or not?
1: Mm, it's hard to say.
0: Right now, it's a three-way tie between Aquaman, Battle for Atlantis, Metal Gear Solid, and Daikatana, all with one vote. Um. All right. This next one is... From, I'm going to have you read this one. The next one is from uh, Bo. Title of his... Uh, the subject line of his email is "New Year, New Nacho."
1: All right. Yeah, the <laughs> Bo says, "Yeah, the Nachos top five. Totally my fault. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, I guess first off, my vote goes for uh, get my go- vote for game of the quarter rolls a D six
0: for <laughs> is Daikatana. Oh man, okay. oh, this is oh. winning now."
1: There we go. Oh, man. Sorry. I left it up to RNG as RNG set up a stack of games which I 100% don't have access to this time. Sad face. Godspeed. Uh, top five games resolved to play in 2019. Number one, Breath of the Wild. I started this on Wii U when it came out. Then my kids kidnapped the Wii U and I lost any and all interest in handling the console. Yay, kids! Uh, my kid, my wife and I want to get it for the Switch, So that, so once that happens, I'm hoping to actually get a full playthrough done oddly enough i did the same thing i bought it for the wii u and i live with my roommate at the time i played it for probably 50 or 60 hours and then we we obviously don't live it together anymore i bought a switch and i'm like fuck do i really want to spend you know another 50 60 bucks <laughs> yeah so funny anyways um uh, i also want to try the win the game with three hearts and no temples down trial ouch that probably won't end well yeah that'll take you some time <laughs> uh number two mario odyssey we have it my kids spoiled 85 percent of the game for me i hate that once i forget everything i'll pick it up excuse me once i forget everything again i'll pick it up looking forward to it with the great reviews but i have to get the bad taste of spoilers out before i can enjoy it this is an amazing game i mean all in all just the mechanics the spoilers aside the mechanics are just so fun Yep. Uh, number three, Dragon Quest five through eleven. I love the series. It feels silly to say that since I've only played the NES games. I'm hoping that the experience as much of uh, excuse me. I'm hoping to experience as much of the rest of the series as possible this year. Icing on the cake, sixteen coming to Switch this year. But yeah, no, not excuse Eleven. Excuse me. Eleven. Excuse me, 11. Uh, number four, Dragon Quest Builders two slash Dragon Quest Warriors. One of these twos I must get and play. And number five, Robert, Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's coming on the Switch. I want it. I needs it. Okay, that answers a couple questions for us.
0: I Wait, hold on. I think he's thinking of... Um,
1: oh, the, the remake, not the not the new not one. Not
0: the re-release, original. not the remake. You're right, you're
1: right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: He said remake, but I think he means uh, the re-release that's supposed to come out this year.
1: Good call. Uh, a lot of that is really, really banks on my making banks somehow. Best of New Year's luck to me. Uh, you can always get a part-time job with a pole. That's what he said. Uh, Now I don't know why, but whenever a normal person would use fuck/slash/fucking or similar as a space holder in a thought, I use taco and nachos. What? <laughs> Mother nachos. It uh, so, must no, be, some... it's
0: be like ah, oh,
1: tacos. <laughs> yeah, I know people that do that. Like people say like cheese and rice instead of saying like Jesus Christ and stuff. I've seen people do stuff like that, so I kind <laughs> of see it. Um, uh must be must be some childhood thing or something uh, uh as it's my fault it would only be fair for me to contribute on on time this week top five games to eat nachos to number one mario party oh shit you could play mario good. party i will smoke you at bum are you kidding me i will smoke you at mario party any of those video game mini games you're gonna have cheese on your fingers you're gonna not gonna stand a chance yeah but you
0: can eat it while somebody else's turn.
1: No, there's, I guess, okay, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. But as soon as that mini game comes around, you better be ready. Your hands better be wiped clean.
0: We, uh, uh, we of- all, we, me and my, um, wife and daughter play this a lot, like, during lunch, uh, on the weekend sometimes. That's like, we'll funny. be eating and all playing, and obviously we're just eating when it's, uh, Sirius's sure. turn. Uh, he said there's plenty of
1: time to kill between turns, and it's a party game, so you gotta have party foods. Okay, that's, 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 a group. Number two, Worms. Usually have time to munch and snack between turns of this cutthroat Wormly combat game. Get good with Hookshot and you'll pwn any map. He actually was playing this recently. Uh, Number three, most NES RPGs. Yep, we all know them and love them, but they all started with the mandatory grinds that are associated with JRPGs. Pop a chip or two between fits of mashing A. Yep. Number four, Super Smash Brothers Melee. I say Melee because I've played the most of that one and had the least... Had at least a couple all-nighter brawl fest with my friends in high school. Most certainly nachos were served.
0: Okay. Yeah, but that sounds like you got to just eat and then play and then eat and then play and then eat and then play.
1: Pretty much. If you're the worst player, you're probably eating the most nachos, though. Motivation.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, number five. DDR. Got to keep
1: those carbs coming as you're burning them, right? <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> Thanks for featuring my uh, random top five comment as a full as a list, fully unexpected, but really interested to see what all people pick. That said, my question of the day, best nachos, fully loaded or chips and cheese? Oh, you gotta I load love it. fully loaded. Yeah. yeah, dude. You get like ground turkey, jalapenos, sour cream. Do you freaking name it, man? Black olives. I, at least when I made nachos last week after we were talking about this, funny enough.
0: Oh, yeah? Uh,
1: get some sauce in there gotta get some different kinds of cheese grated god that sounds so good yeah, and then we put them in the oven too so we didn't I microwave do, them
0: yeah i do i do the exact same thing although i will say just some like regular just some like chips with cheese is also awesome. mm-hmm. really good
1: it is it is very good i love to add as much like it's kind of like me with bagels like you know a lot of people like bagels with cream cheese i love just loading things on bagels and eating them really yeah like lox which is like salmon capers which are like these salty little things uh-huh. onions yeah. tomatoes oh my god stop stop all right he says i'm partially uh i'm partial to fully loaded myself i love ground beef veggies of all oh, kinds, yeah. seasoned and there. brown yeah this is exactly all browned on a skillet poured onto a bed of crispy tortilla chips and cabot k- extra sharp cheddar cheese
0: and cabbage. cabot like a cabot
1: Okay, extra sharp cheddar cheese with sour cream and salsa. There we go. I like your style, though. I usually can't find a restaurant that does it well. Does it well. I have to make it at home uh, when I want it. Unfortunately, food doesn't taste as good or nearly as satisfying if you have to make it yourself. I don't know about that. I'm actually the opposite. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I, when, if I truly spend the time making make something good, it's damn good. Because the entire time, I'm like, oh, that sounds nuts. Oh, same that here. sounds nuts. And yeah, okay.
0: I'm the exact same Sorry. way. Sorry, also, when, when I make nachos, tell me if you do this, but I always like do a double layer. Cause you, oh, cause if what? you just
1: yeah, of course.
0: Because <laughs> if you just Never pile it up, you? then everything's on top, and once you get past the top, then there's nothing, nothing good. So like, oh, yeah, I'll do dude. chips, then tons of stuff, yeah, then chips. another oh, yeah, layer yeah. of chips, and then more stuff on top again.
1: Right there with you, hundred percent. Nice. That's why I like. To uh, I know. I know a lot of my writing sounds really awkward to read aloud. I'm trying to reread and rewrite things to make it easier to read. Sorry about that. Actually, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna comment on this, but since you brought it up, this is substantially better. This is this is much, much, much easier to read. So thank you for putting in the effort because I, I actually felt bad because when I was trying to read through your your prior emails, I wasn't trying to be rude when I would when I would stumble, but um, I de- we definitely appreciate you taking the time to rewrite it. I remember um, I, that. Oh, okay. Uh, I have an odd way of speaking and tend to write it, uh, write to mimic it, though it doesn't really translate well, I've noticed. Hope y'all are keeping warm and thanks again for doing what you do. Oh, definitely keeping warm. Arizona, we we got down into some, some chillier weather, but I'm good.
0: It got pretty cold here, but it hadn't been too crazy. Like the coldest it's been is like late at night and super early in the morning, like in the twenties, but most of the time not even not even that cold, usually like in the thirties.
1: I know Missouri got some crazy, crazy in the Northeast. Oh, yeah. Some of those spots got
0: hammered. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. It's really sad.
0: <clears throat> All right, Jay. We're on to the last email. Nice. This could either. What's going to happen is chase the Knight cleaner. Chase the night cleaner, you know the night cleaner is either going to break the tie. Let's take a bet right now. What or, do you think? Um, oh, She's no, no, no. I'm sorry. Somebody. It's not a tie anymore. I'm sorry. Dai Katana is winning. Oh, that's right. So he's either. I think gonna, he's gonna
1: pick something. I don't think he's gonna pick Daikatana. I don't think he's gonna pick Metal Gear.
0: He's either gonna create a tie, or Daikatana wins. Um,
1: he's gonna create a tie. I think he's gonna create. I a don't tie. think
0: so. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say. I think Chase is gonna pick uh, Superman sixty four. And then ooh, and then, and then I think Dai he's gonna Katana
1: pick Simpsons him. Wrestling. You think so? Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's go. All for right.
0: It. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here with another email. For this wonderful section of yours. So how are you today, gentlemen? How has the ride been up to this point? Pretty good, I'd say.
1: Not bad. Long weekend, you know.
0: That's nice. Can you guess which game I want to vote for with relation to We just game went over first?
1: this, Chase? Did you not listen? Jeez. Sorry, go ahead, Robert.
0: He says I vote for, in all caps, Metal Gear Solid. Oh my tie. <laughs>
1: oh my get out of here chase i'm so disappointed right now like if you were my kid i would give you that look of not anger just disappointment
0: so that gives us a tie between metal gear solid and daikatana
1: jesus come on chase (laughs) you uh, you can do better than that i thought we were friends
0: uh i think this is a game that you both will enjoy and as the oh i know i i do enjoy the game so i know that much no. Um, I think this game you'll both enjoy and is easiest to access uh, for your audience as well. Um, Daikatana is on Steam and GOG. Just, just everybody, just so you know. So if that ends up being the one, then uh, it is um, arguably easier, more accessible than Metal Gear Solid. Um, next up, I think Robert has sold me on Banner Saga. Turn-based, story-driven fantasy series—you can count me in. Hell yeah, definitely go for it, Chase. I think the trilogy is on Switch, but what do you think is the best way to play it? Uh, I think probably um, PC is still going to be the best way to do it, but I don't think there would be any problems with Switch. I think it would just be a little bit easier to navigate around, like you know, the the battle screen, some of the menus and stuff. Um, well, not even menus, just like the way you choose what you're going to do in battle and stuff. It's just going to be faster with the mouse, but you know, of course, it's all turn-based and everything. So I think Switch would be just fine. Um, another, another, I would, I guess, I will also say another benefit of Switch is if you have a big TV to play it on, the art in this game is absolutely stunning. So, uh, so that would be a plus. But I would, I would recommend PC. Uh, he says, also, I can't be, I can't be a part of your top five. I apologize, but I've never eaten nachos while well, gaming. What?
1: You're not a gamer then. I was, have you just, seen I was just about to say video? that you're
0: not a gamer, dude. You are, Yeah, check yeah. out the gamer gear. You might you
1: just... need to. You might need to uh, re redo your life a little bit there. All you have to
0: do is buy compressed air and just blow off the nachos all out of your keyboard.
1: Oh, the dust off. You got to buy the dust off gamer gear, dude. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's not me, man.
0: Um, I lost my spot. I'm never eating nachos. Wow, I can't. That's. I just don't get it. I, stop, can you not read
1: it again? It's going to make me go back in <laughs> circle.
0: I feel like that could get really greasy if you get like the meat and cheese and stuff on it. Yeah, it's a would be. Oh, absolutely. You just got to be careful about it. Exactly. See, Robert. knows. Wow. I'm really surprised. Robert knows this. <laughs> I'm, I'm an extra topping slash oven baked kind of guy. There we go. Oh, yeah. Buddy. Just like we were saying. So there would be jalapenos and tomatoes and all kinds oh, of stuff on there. Yep. Plus all the about dips. It. Yeah, I keep that away from the from controllers.
1: How, how, how does that redemption feel, Chase? I like the, <laughs> I like that a lot.
0: Which brings us to the question of the day: Can you think of a game off the top of your head that you only needed uh, a few minutes with before putting down your controller and thinking that's all I need to know about that game? The first few minutes yeah, of the play really define. Huh.
1: There's, oh, sorry, I was just going to say. Uh, there's definitely been games. I'm trying to think of what they were, and some of them I played for the podcast too.
0: Uh, there are some i know i definitely have had that there are some that i've done even pretty recently um but i don't know i I don't think they were uh i don't think they were old games and, uh, pikmin to
1: 2, oh, sorry i was gonna say pikmin 2 is definitely that game for me i just yeah. tried to give it the, the college try like i i grinded like multiple levels just to try and give it a chance because i knew how high the reviews were and stuff so like as soon as I got, I understood the mechanic of the dual characters. I was just like, I don't know if I want to play this. And then I continued to play. So, like I said, because my brother was playing as well, and I didn't want to ruin the experience for him as well until he had brought it up. So <laughs> that's probably the most recent one for
0: me. Um. Yeah, I know. I have definitely a hundred percent had this experience. I'm trying to. I'm kind of looking at my wall and some of my games right now to see if any of them stand out. Um. As being like that. Also, let's see. I feel like maybe there was something on here. No? Oh, uh, what, what's the um, Yoshi game on the NES Classic? Where it's kind of like Tetris. Oh, um, shit. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I do. I just can't think of the
0: name of it. It's just called like, it may even just be called like Yoshi or like, let me see. What is it called? Yoshi. Oh, yeah, it's just called Yoshi. Oh, okay. So that enough. game wasn't fantastic. Um, that's that's one that I played just for a few minutes. Also, some of those that I talked about last time, like, uh, like tennis on NES <laughs> and like re- really, really simplistic games. I mean, you almost just get everything out of them just from playing them for five seconds. So that's kind of cheating, almost. Um, yeah, I can't. Really, I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but I know I have. Um, I know I've had that experience plenty of times.
1: Yeah, same. I'm trying to think of some other examples. Pikmin Two is the most recent and relevant one for sure, though.
0: Yeah good okay. question um
1: i try not to do that too though like i, I truly like when i am playing stuff for the podcast i'm like okay i got at least like put like five or six hours in there are some games yeah. i like hop into and i'm just like oh what is this like
0: same here i do try to especially if i'm going to talk about it on the podcast i try to give it at yeah. least like an hour college um, try sometimes an hour is about all that i'm able to do yep. uh, another one was uh double dragon 2 i played recently i was like oh okay yeah this is sort of just like double dragon which isn't which was great back in its day, but it doesn't hold up really well. So yeah, Double Dragon Two was one that I played recently. That that was like that. He says for <laughs> for me it was Giant Citizen Kabuto. Lol. Yeah, actually, yep,
1: that's uh, a good one. Yeah, it's one that we. I think I blocked that out in my mind. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and that's it. Thanks as always for this great section of your show, and stay classy, gentlemen.
1: Cheers. Still mad at you, Chase. Still mad, but
0: <laughs> yeah, Chase the Night Cleaner. So here we go. The votes ended up being uh, one for Aquaman Battle for Atlantis. That was me. Two for Daikatana and three minus one for Metal Gear Solid.
1: I'm so glad I put that vote in.
0: (laughs) That was clutch on your part. Um, So as I said, per my own rules, I get to be the tiebreaker if there's a tie
1: pie breaker Ooh, i like pie oh pecan pie Ooh, top five oh, man, favorite pies
0: top, uh, pecan pie is the best oh
1: god it's so good it's so bad for you it's so rich
0: is it one time i had one let me some apple one time i had i was in mexico when i was little Ooh. and i ordered a pecan pie for dessert at some place we were at and like it was so hard i could not even cut through it whoa and i was like mom
1: Cause it was cold or what? No,
0: I don't know. Oh, geez. it wasn't even cold. It was just hard. I literally could not cut through. I like, you know, normally when you have basically any kind of pie, you can eat it with a spoon, right? You can like just oh, cut oh yeah, it with a spoon. Had crumbles,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So like, I was trying to do that, and I was like, Mom, this is too hard. She's like, Oh, you just need to use a knife. And I was like, Oh, uh, okay. Like, it didn't seem like it made sense, but I was like, Oh, my mom knows what she's talking about. So I like sawed through it with a knife. And put a bite in my ooh. mouth, and I could not even chew the pie. It was oh my so god, hard.
1: it's really <laughs> concerning. yeah fact they serve that to you is really concerning. I know.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, but back on topic, I have to break this tie between Middle Gear Solid and Daikatana. Jay, I think uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do you a Solid and go with Daikatana.
1: Okay, ooh, ooh, thank you, Robert. I as what'd you m- go, uh, uh, Chase. Oh my god, what? I, I was stumbling to think of Chase's name. I almost called him Jake. Uh, that's what you get. That's what I was going to say.
0: As much as I love Metal Gear Solid, um, like, I, like I said before, I think it would be really fun for us all to play a terrible game. Daikatana is supposed to be pretty bad. Uh, and so and I have never played Daikatana. And I've also been wanting to for a while. So I think we're going to go with um, Daikatana. Oh, uh, yeah, boys. This game is... You it is. It came out in two thousand, which is actually later than I thought it did. But you can get this on Steam and GOG. Uh, I actually just looked it up a second ago, and on for for whatever reason on GOG it's one dollar less. It's five ninety nine on GOG and six ninety nine on Steam. So uh, yes. pretty cheap. And um, this is the game that uh, that that John Romero created. And it was after his like heyday, making Doom and all that kind of stuff, and um, obviously it was a, it was a ways after that, but it, it was hyped up like it was going to be the next big badass first person game. Uh, everybody was psyched because John Romero, you know, had created some really awesome stuff. Yeah, here's this ad that I was uh, I pulled up a picture of that I think I mentioned last time. Uh, the ad says, uh, "John Romero is about to make you his bitch." And that was what they ran in magazines for it, and then it turned out just to be a uh, a terrible game. I've got a I've, let's see. I, I put up um the Wikipedia page for it. It Says it was delayed multiple times from its conception in early 1997 to its eventual release in 2000. Which back then, that's a long time for a delay.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: by this time, numerous games based on more advanced. Uh, graphics technology had been released, causing Daikatana to lag technologically in the market with its dated game engine. The gameplay had many aspects that were widely disliked by players, such as an artificially limited number of saves per level <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and the presence of computer controlled sidekicks who were more of an impediment to the player. As a result, Daikatana garnered mixed reception from reviewers and players. Blah, 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 blah. Um. It says Romero would later apologize for the infamous John Romero's about about to make you his bitch advertisement. Romero stated in an interview that, quote, up until that ad, I had felt I had a great relationship with the gamer and the game development community and that ad changed everything. That stupid ad. I regret it and I apologize for it the critical and commercial failure of the game was a major contributing factor in the closure of ion storms, Dallas office. Wow. Okay. So, um, so it sounds like it's a bad game, but, but maybe even more notable just for being like so crazily hyped and then being bad. Uh, but we will find out, we will find out soon enough. As I mentioned, uh, we'll be discussing this game, uh, around sometime around the end of March. That's when this quarter ends. So, if you want to take part in it, pick it up on GOG or Steam. Like I said, it's six or seven dollars, depending on where you get it from. And uh, we'll play it, and we'll we'll have a chat. Yes, uh, we will. I'm excited. How about you? Not at all. <laughs>
1: I'm more excited than Metal Gear Solid, but you know.
0: I was about to game. ask. You want to go back to, to Metal nope. Gear Solid? <laughs> nope. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody who voted, and everybody who sent in emails in general. Uh, I think that does it for this portion of the podcast. Don't forget to mail us in any emails you feel like talking about. Uh, include your top five if you want to. Top five most uh, what is it? Most influential platformers, something along those lines. Yep. Most, define, most defining, most defining games for the platformer genre.
1: 2D platformers.
0: Two, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. A couple uh, caveats here. We, 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 yeah. I didn't mention that earlier, but define. So for the 2D platformer genre, and also. You're not allowed to do uh, any Mario game. Oh, okay. Let's see. you can't do Mario 1, 3, or Super Mario World. Here comes two. <laughs> I,
1: I love that, that game.
0: I don't know about that. Uh, mail us. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Current gaming subcast. Jay, you got anything?
1: Uh, just the Diablo server to talk about playing on. i been playing that a decent amount. But that's kind of current, just because they finished it of it. Like Diablo two, it's Diablo two, but it's like a mod that was done recently. It's uh, a okay. community driven thing. It's it's really good so far.
0: Um, I actually if you really... like Diablo
1: two. Yeah, definitely would recommend. What now? I was gonna say if you if you like Diablo two, uh, Path of Diablo is the name of it. So ah, gotcha.
0: Um, yeah. I don't actually think I have much. So um, I think this is gonna be a wrap. Wow. So uh, everybody go out and buy Daikatana and we'll talk about it in uh, a couple months. And aside from that make sure you leave us all some reviews on iTunes tell all your friends to listen to us. Yeah, you better. Uh, Follow us at Class Games Cast I'm at King Octavius. Once again email us, mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com and uh, if it's alright with you Jay, we'll be back in two weeks.
1: Sounds like a plan.